What does freedom mean? Tune in to LRN.FM to find out. LRN.FM is the Liberty Radio Network, a collection of live talk radio and podcasts, all coming from a principled pro-liberty perspective. LRN.FM show hosts aren't left, right, or conspiracy kooks. You can tune in 24-7 to LRN.FM via your phone, computer, satellite, and more. Listen free anytime at LRN.FM. That's LRN.FM. KKSM Oceanside. You took the mystery burger. You are in full possession of the burger. AM 1320. You will have to sign for it. Sure, man, I'll sign. Where's the pencil? I don't wish to alarm you, my son, but the signature will have to be in blood. The Radio Revolution. Parental discretion is advised. Because the place is here and the time is now. I have two words for you. Predator drones. You will never see it coming. I think I'm joking. Drones are being used in drone strikes, and I support that entirely and feel the president was right. There's a reason why we shouldn't be using drones. It's because we don't just take out the target. We take out a lot of innocent civilians in these countries where these drones attack. But this is basically blowing up in our faces. We've seen the blowback all across the Middle East. What if our foreign policy of the past century is deeply flawed and has not served our national security interests? I hate categories. Categories okay if you're going to grocery store, but for me, the categories screwed a lot of people up. Make everything metal. Blacker than the blackest black times infinity. Thought Radio, San Diego's source for heavy metal and other genres that are ignored by mainstream radio. San Diego's only libertarian talk show in a conservative-dominated market. More hard-hitting journalism than even the professionals themselves. Free Thought Radio, free speech, free expression, and free snow cone. Only on KKSM Oceanside, AM 1320. The Radio Revolution. Podcast airing on LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network. As it applies to you and me, our country isn't free. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Free Thought Radio. Here on KKSM Oceanside, AM 1320, the Radio Revolution, live Mondays, 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, you could find the podcast on iTunes, uh, search for Free Thought, and look for Free Thought AAC, and it also podcasts during the LRN.FM Liberty Radio Network weekly podcast loop. But I'm joined in the studio now. We're doing a live telethon fundraiser for Antiwar.com, and joining me in the studio is uh, Antiwar.com contributors Angela Keaton, uh, Nick Hancock, and Professor Thaddeus Russell of Occidental College, uh, and the author of The Renegade History of the United States, and Starchild is supposed to be joining us soon as well. So, uh, guys, uh, take it away uh, while I still set up here in the studio. Uh, Angela, you first. Oh, me first. Hello, hi, I'm Angela Keaton with Antiwar.com, and I'm so glad to be back in a real, live, honest-to-God radio studio so I can talk about uh, things I care about, like Antiwar.com. And I can also be a ball, a big ball of crabbiness, too, because once again, I'm in the position where, you know, you got to hope that we, in the next uh, five or six days, we can organize enough and make sure we've made enough, uh, you know, I'm not telling anyone to do anything, I know no calls to action, so I'm just going to say, you know, 
if anyone feels so moved to call his or her member of the uh, Imperial Congress and say, you know, I think the Syria thing is a bad idea, uh, that, I think, would be a wonderful thing to do. I think that might be the right place to start with, uh, you know, your activism this week, because it's something constructive, and it's really clear that judging by uh, Obama's uh, behavior and his words on Saturday, that perhaps a no vote um, will make a huge difference in the decision of whether or not he goes in to kill um, innocent civilians in a place uh, we particularly should not involve ourselves. So, anyway... Um, the site that I that I work at is antiwar.com. That's antiwar.com, and we're of course doing a um, we're doing a pledge drive this week. So, if you're interested and so moved to donate there, uh, you can give us a call at three two three five one two seven zero nine five, and uh, maybe my little tiny cell phone where that's forwarded to will pick up, and we can take your call, and we will have you um, donate. That would be wonderful. We take, you know, Bitcoin, regular coins, all kinds of things. Um, just no livestock tonight because we got to drive back up to Los Angeles. But um, anyway, if you give us a moment, we'll get that all set up too. Uh, once again, I'm, I'm Angela and I'm with antiwar.com. And Nick, I'm going to bring you that phone right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll just be waiting over here. And I can't leave. Nick is equipped with a laptop, so I'll yeah. punch in your information into the website uh, for the regular donate. Um, and he'll and if you want to donate Bitcoin, you can do that separately. Uh, we'll provide you with a short link. But if you want to call into the station, the station's hotline uh, for going on the air with to talk with us is seven six zero seven three six eight three seven five. Again, it's seven six zero seven three six eight three seven five. So Nick, you want to you want to fill us in on, on anything relating to uh, Syria and the fundraiser with antiwar.com? Well, yeah, just echoing what Angela said for a limited time now. If you go to antiwar.com. There's a link right there for you to find your contact information for your imperial congressman or congresswoman, uh, whatever congress critter you might have. And uh, so you can call them, melt their phone lines, and that link is at antiwar.com. I thought going into this past holiday weekend that we were going to have uh, big bombs dropping on Syria. I think everyone was really anticipating that um, with um, you know a lot of sorrow. We were at... Uh, a great event, Libertopia, this past weekend, but there was this dark cloud hovering over. Are we going to go to war? And just, uh, I mean, the news broke a couple days ago that, that Obama is putting it on hold, seemingly, so that until September 9th, there is a chance at us having a real effect in this debate. So Obama says he welcomes the debate. We're going to give it to him. So going to antiwar.com, we can actually make uh, a difference on this. Congress is going to be back in session on September 9th. Um, but we really should just get to work right now. We don't have to wait. Uh, we should just get to work right now. So, uh, And, you know, the, the great thing about antiwar.com is uh, it's such a driver of coalitions because it's going to take all of us in this effort, not just, uh, you know, people on one side or the other or you know, on the underside of, of all politics, any side, uh, inside and out. We have to form coalitions, and uh, one of the, the great uh, voices for that is a guy sitting over here next to me. So I'll just hand it over to Thaddeus Russell, Professor Russell. Well, it's an honor to be here. I drove an hour and a half uh, on a Labor Day afternoon, so I must care about this, and I very much do. In fact, this is the first time I've ever asked for money for anything in my life. Um, there is no better source of foreign policy information that I have found than antiwar.com, especially from an anti-war, anti-imperialist perspective. 
Uh, it has meant a lot to me. It is, I've used it a lot in my own work. In fact, I just used it this weekend, uh, writing a piece about liberal support for intervention in Syria. And I found out a lot about humanitarian, so-called humanitarian interventions, the history of them from antiwar.com. And it means a lot to my work and my activism. And I very much encourage everyone to support antiwar.com. Glad to be here. I just got my laptop set up, so I'm going to be tweeting out and Facebooking out and everything. Uh, but Alex, what was the phone number one more time to call in? It was 760-736 or what? what? It's 760-736-8375, but that's just the call-in number. Uh, Angela, do you want to repeat the uh, the donation number? Three, yes, 323-512-7095. That's 323-512-7095. And it's going to my very little itty-bitty phone. So, um, you know, it, uh, so be patient with us if uh, the call happens to drop or the mechanism isn't uh, absolutely perfect. But, of course, you can also go to antiward.com slash donate antiwar.com slash donate and make your donation online right now and um, if you want to tweet anything to us I'm at antiwar2 at twitter and I just uh, tweeted out uh, Thaddeus and, and Nick's address and, and uh, Starchild just walked in oh well <laughs> it's, it's like a blessing from the Pope <laughs> <laughs> another guest a full studio it's like jam packed in here it's battle royale here have a seat take mine thank you and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Starchild. I'm from Star San Francisco, libertarian activist, sex worker, etc. Tell us a bit about yourself, Starchild. Uh, what do you want to know? Um, why do you care about liberty? Because uh, it's important. Why do you support antiwar.com? Uh, that's important, too. You know, <laughs> a lot of people are being killed in wars, and uh, our money's being stolen from us to pay for it, and that's wrong. Definitely. You want to discuss uh, what Libertopia was about, um, what, what you felt from the whole thing and, and uh, the, the ideas behind it? Sure. Um, yeah, it was an awesome weekend. Uh, we just finished uh, hearing a bunch of awesome speakers and seeing some film screenings and partying at this uh, hotel in San Diego. The hotel security wasn't the greatest, but uh, other than that, it was a pretty awesome weekend. Um, Alex was there and uh, Angela and a bunch of us were down there and... Uh, yeah, what, what you want me to say about it? <laughs> oh, uh, there are pictures of the the particular ho hotel incident you're referring to, where um, they searched the uh, premises of Agoras Marketplace. Uh -huh. the hotel security, along with the hotel worker, searched through people's private belongings. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, it is pretty standard for these uh, hotels. In my experience, I've been going to libertarian conventions for a while, and and they always have a ton of rules and regulations and bureaucracy and. You know, they're kind of like many little fiefdoms, and uh, you get some security people that, uh, you know, have petty power trips about things. And Although in this case, the security themselves actually didn't seem that bad. I, I think they're probably getting their orders from hotel management. You know, they don't want people sleeping in the, the convention room, even though we paid for it because they'd rather sell us extra hotel rooms. So. Yeah. Um, talk about, you know, the, the, the situation where we, we thought by the beginning of Libertopia that we would be in war with Syria and then it kind of phased out to they still want to go to war, they just want to throw us the bone of congressional approval uh, and I've even heard now that they they still want to go in even if the Congress votes no. Right, they, they want to go in, we don't. I mean, uh, you know, I, I certainly wasn't planning on any war with Syria either before this weekend or, or otherwise. Um, I say that because it, it, many people are, you know, as you know, with such a habit of, of using personal pronouns like we and our and us to refer to the U.S. government or, or its uh, military personnel or 
the United States as a whole. And and really, uh, you know, I just happen to live in this part of the Earth's surface. I, I don't really feel the current government has any legitimacy to represent me. You know, it regularly steals my money and violates my rights. And, uh, you know, it, it does things in my name, but it's not with my consent. You know, it's then no consent, no uh, no legitimacy as far as I'm concerned. I apologize if I may have not used they by accident. Oh, it's <laughs> unintentional. That's it's okay. I'm correcting people all the time, including myself. So don't, <laughs> that's, don't one of the, that's one of the things I love about libertarians. They don't say we or us when referring to the United States. They separate themselves. They don't merge their identities with the empire or the government. It's a very liberatory practice I think we should all we should all take on. Uh, Thaddeus, do you want to discuss uh, your book, The Renegade History of the United States? And, and fr from a libertarian's perspective, you know, we kind of believe in non-aggression. Uh, why do you think uh, people from the left should be attracted to that? Because we think, you know, even in the business world, we think that uh, profits and things should stop when force is used, such as the way the military-industrial complex is used to achieve certain business ends around the world by means of killing people. Yeah, so my book is about people like Starchild, actually. Um, awesome. I, have a, I have a chapter on prostitutes and how they enlarge freedom for women uh, greatly in the 19th century. Now, many freedoms that women now enjoy and take for granted were pioneered by prostitutes then. We enlarge other things for women, too. That's right. Lots of things. Um, and I have chapters on drunks and slackers and slaves and criminals and gays, gangsters, and how they enlarged our freedom simply by breaking social norms. Um, it's, a, it's a book that has been embraced by what I would call left libertarians. Uh, some right-wing libertarians don't like it so much because they tend to be invested in what I call bourgeois culture, the self-regulating individual, that self-discipline that's heart, at the heart of American culture. But a lot of people around reason and around um, Center for Stateless Society, um, a few Mises folks have very much embraced it and seen that cultural freedom is at least as important as legal freedom, as freedom from law and freedom from government. As for the left and war, um, it is a very mixed bag, isn't it? Uh, I just put the finishing touches on an article I'm writing for Mediaite.com on liberal support for this intervention in Syria. Um, and there's a long history of that most people don't know about of progressive or liberal uh, support for imperial war in the United States. In fact, I argue in my next book, which is sort of a, an extension into foreign policy of the original book, um, that progressivism is imperialistic by definition. It, it sort of it takes responsibility for humanity, right? Mm -hmm. So if you if you find out that there's something bad going on against someone in the world, you are obligated, according to progressive ideology, to go out there and correct that wrong. Now, unfortunately. Usually there's someone standing in the way of that, which means you must kill them. So I, I argue that progressivism is imperialism and liberalism is lethal. Um, so that's really the, the fact that liberals are now, many liberals are now calling for war against Syria. Many people see it as a contradiction with their thought. I think it's absolutely consistent as a matter of fact. And so I think the liberals, like people in MSNBC, if you watch MSNBC over the last couple of weeks, it looks like Fox News in the Bush era. It's just this nonstop drumbeat for war on MSNBC. They're not the only liberal outlet doing that. Um, and I argue that they're actually the ones who understand their own ideology best. They understand that progressivism requires war, it requires intervention militarily to correct the world's wrongs and to save the benighted of the, of the world. So um, now there's a, there's a better left, of course. You know, there's a sort of a radical left or a revolutionary left that... Um, 
opposes imperial wars um, because <laughs> because they see it as the wrong government doing it. They're not. I don't think they are opposed to imperial wars in principle, actually, um, because socialism requires uh, imperialist action as well. But at least as long so long as we are in the American empire, we will have the support of the radical left because they are opposed to this particular empire. And I think that as long as we have that, we need to build that alliance. There's no other way we're going to end the wars. There is no other way we're going to end this empire and bring it down unless we have a broad-based coalition, as Nick said, between the radical left and libertarians. So that's that's been my project for a long time, politically. Oh, if I could jump in real quick again, that is the star child. Um, I want to say, too, by the way, bringing down the empire doesn't mean, uh, you know, destroying the American way of life. It's actually more about preserving uh, the good things about the American way of life, uh, you know, that it's supposed to represent that often has fallen short of, like, uh, freedom and opportunity for all and justice for all and uh, freedom of travel without being uh, groped and manhandled by the TSA goons and uh, a whole bunch of other good stuff like that. Right on. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, uh, what you're mentioning about MSNBC being a bunch of imperialists, it's, it's easy – or no, it's an eerie plurality when you see – Obama and Cheney and MSNBC finding a consensus on Snowden, Syria, uh, Chelsea Manning. Uh, you go down the list; they're they're in plurality on the things that are the worst things that uh, that we oppose. Well, if you know if you know anything about the neoconservatives who ran the Bush administration and, and sent us into those awful wars, um, you know that they come out of progressivism. They all originated in the American left and sort of the long progressive tradition and. They called their heroes the great their heroes uh, the great progressives. Teddy Roosevelt is a great neocon hero. <laughs> Woodrow Wilson is another one. You know the guys who believe that we need to make the world like America, remake the entire world in our image. That was the neocon credo. They got it from progressivism. So it makes perfect sense that now they are in love with each other. That the liberals in the White House now are in love with the neocons. Um, I just saw Ari Fleischer tweeting just I think yesterday that he supports. All of Obama's major decisions on foreign policy, including Syria and Manning, et cetera, um, it's perfectly consistent. The middle is killing us. The middle of American politics is what it's is what's driving the American empire. So it's the people on the outside who have to who have to end it. For those just joining in, I'm here live with antiwar.com contributors Angela Keaton and Nick Hancock as well as Starchild and Occidental College professor Thaddeus Russell. We're here uh, in solidarity with antiwar.com. Uh, they are victims of the war on journalism, and their donations have dropped off since uh, that has happened. So we're encouraging you all to call in and donate. So we have two separate call numbers. Uh, Angela, do you want to give them the call number for the donations? Yes, that's 323-512-7095. That's 323-512-7095 or antiwar.com slash donate. Do you have a short link for Bitcoin? We do have a short link for Bitcoin, and I want, I'm very proud to announce that too. It may be somewhat a little more difficult to explain, but I will pull that up right here. And uh, for those of you who don't know about Bitcoin, we can probably uh, do a quick discussion of that as well. And I'm pretty sure antiwar.com takes uh, donations in any amount. So if anybody even wants to send in, hey, like 69 cents to send a big FU to the FBI for spying on journalists, that would be awesome. Yeah, Star, Star Child's right about that. I'm jumping in on his microphone. But this is Nick Hancock. Um, yeah, 
antiwar.com is matching funds right now. So whatever you can give is ultimately going to be doubled because our, our goal right now is to raise $30,000 so that an angel donor out there will drop thirty grand just uh, solely to match the thirty grand that we raise. So whatever you raise, uh, whatever you can contribute to, to the donation drive is going to be doubled. So just give uh, all that you have. Go broke on antiwar.com. That's what I say. And what's the call-in number again for the donations? 323-512-7095. That's 323-512-7095 or antiwar.com slash donate. If operators aren't standing by, they should be. Awesome. And uh, Nick Hancock will be taking your donations, uh, plugging them into the laptop, or you could go to antiwar.com slash donate. Do it yourself. Either way, uh, uh, Nick is our Jerry Lewis for tonight. And um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. Then we'll uh, go ahead. Uh, uh, commercials. <laughs> well, technically sponsors. It'll be quick, probably. Or non-sponsors. <laughs> so we, we will be right back around the other end of this, uh, of this break. You're listening to KKSM AM 1320, The Radio Revolution, and LRN.FM, The Liberty Radio Network. You are listening to KKSM AM 1320. It's murdering people around the world. Stop using their money. There is an alternative. Bitcoin is a stateless, free market, non-political currency. Bitcoin cannot be inflated or controlled by any government. By using their money, you're helping the state. Stop doing it. You have an incredible alternative available now. Learn it. Use it. Spread it. Get started with Bitcoin at WeUseCoins.com. That's WeUseCoins. Free Talk Live. Well, I'm a working police officer. I'm actually on duty in a small town in Central Texas. I've been doing this job 10 years. 99% of what you guys talk about is dead on. We got guys getting into this profession just to wear a badge and play God. Mm. It's getting worse and worse. There used to be a couple of decent guys that I worked with. Both of them have quit. Why did they quit? Well, it's because of the BS. We can't help the people that actually need help, which is what you get into this job to do if if you're a good person. It's interesting that whenever honest cops call in like you, we get the same story. That the corruption rises through the ranks, that the good guys, the guys like you that got in to make a difference and actually help people and catch the real bad guys, the guys like you end up getting frustrated by the system, frustrated by the corruption and the bureaucracy, and they end up quitting, which of course means that more bad guys can move in and move up through the ranks. Is anything inaccurate about that? No, sir. That's my point entirely. Free Talk Live, seven nights a week from 7 to 10 Eastern, live on the Liberty Radio Network at LRN.FM. We're from the government, and we're going to solve all your problems. Do you know what your problem is? Sometimes people make the wrong choices, but we're going to help them make the right choices with guns. Hey, you're not running your business right. You're not paying people enough money. You're not hiring the right people. You keep firing the wrong people. Well, do it different. Do it different now! They got two boys kissing on the TV. We can't have that. We can't have boys kissing boys and girls kissing girls. Stop it! Stop it now! You're not doing religion right. You're worshiping all wrong and believing all wrong and wearing the wrong symbols. Well, fix it. Fix it now, damn it. Are you interested in peaceful solutions to LGBT issues? Listen to Flaming Freedom on the Liberty Radio Network every Tuesday and Saturday night from 10 p.m. to midnight. Or download any show for free from flamingfreedom.com. 
ASM is on Facebook. We're so excited to be part of the social media world that we called up random people in the phone book to let them know. Hey, KSM's on Facebook. What do you think about that? I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm not in the mood to play. Can I have somebody with some sense, please? I, I don't. I have three other calls on the line that I've got customers on the phone. What is your name, sir? <laughs> Is there anyone out there that can speak with the mic? I don't, I'm not understanding you. Put somebody on there with some education. I cannot hear you, sir. Are you talking to a speakerphone or are you smoking? Well, bless your heart, you need to go take a nap. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash KKSM Radio. Are you some kind of mongoloid moron? I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Who told you to go this way? You can do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring Simon to the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable me. here, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, whoa. hey, hey, hey. hey. Who do you think Excuse you are? me. There is no video or audio allowed in this No, I have work today. This is you ain't going to make Wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Hey! Oh my god! Unbelievable! Because you're scared property. What am I being detained for? You're being served. What is this? What is this? Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at victimlesscrimespree.com. Do you feel like there's nothing you can do about the inexorable growth of government? I did too, before I heard about the Free State Project. The Free State Project is a project to get 20,000 liberty lovers to move to New Hampshire to have liberty in our lifetimes. Early movers for the FSP are getting elected, involved in their communities, and participating in civil disobedience. Call 888-377-2515 now to learn more about the Free State Project. 888-377-2515 or visit freestateproject.org. What does freedom mean? Tune in to LRN.FM to find out. LRN.FM is the Liberty Radio Network, a collection of live talk radio and podcasts, all coming from a principled pro-liberty perspective. LRN.FM show hosts aren't left, right, or conspiracy kooks. You can tune in 24-7 to LRN.FM via your phone, computer, satellite, and more. Listen free anytime at LRN.FM. That's LRN.FM. See why the government's cracking down. Introducing the two drugs that are legal, alcohol and cigarettes, two drugs that do nothing for you whatsoever. And drugs that grow naturally upon this planet. Drugs that open your eyes up to make you realize how you're being f***ed every day of your life. Those drugs are against the law. Free Thought Radio, waking you up to the fact that you're being screwed by the system every day of your life since 2010. Only on KKSM AM 1320, the radio revolution, and LRN.FM, the radio network, Free Thought Media. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Free Thought Radio. L- listen live at It has the audio stream and the webcam stream as well. Uh, for those just joining, I am uh, here. We're doing a live fundraiser for the journalistic agency Antiwar.com. Uh, they've been uh, kind of struck down by the FBI's war on journalism lately. 
and uh, donorship has dropped off since. So we're doing a fundraiser here for antiwar.com to make up for that, to stick it to the FBI and show them that you cannot take down journalism, uh, no matter how much you try. Uh, So we're relying on you guys to help us out with that. Um, So we have a call-in line where you can call in. We have a Jerry Lewis to take your pledges. And uh, and there is matching funds for it. So uh, would you like to tell uh, people where they can find the phone number to call in uh, Jerry Lewis, Nick Hancock? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, call me, Nick Hancock, Jerry Lewis. Uh, the phone number is 323-512-7095. That's uh, if you've got some Bitcoins, if you've got some FRNs, whatever you can contribute to the antiwar.com donation drive. And, uh, yeah, and like Alex said, it's matching funds, man. So even if you don't have much, if you give a little, it's going to get doubled by someone else who's got money. They're going to match what you give. So, uh, you know, call in at 323-512-7095, and you get to talk to me, and I get to take your stuff and give it to antiwar.com. It's going to be great. Nick Jerry Lewis likes dimes, silver dimes. (laughs) Yeah, that's right, those old dimes. (laughs) And if you want to call into the studio to speak with uh, me, uh, antiwar.com contributors Angela Keaton and Nick Hancock, we've got, also got Star Child, and all the way down from Occidental College, the author of The Renegade History of the United States, Professor Thaddeus Russell. Um, so uh, would you guys like to give us the background story on why the FBI was following antiwar.com uh, writers? Oh, sure. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start. Um, so, yeah, the story goes back a little ways, and forgive me, it's going to be a little bit scattered. It's been a long day. But um, in sometime in the uh, it was August of 2011, a, a reader had found on one of these sites where people can post large, uh, large public documents or things they want uh, shared with the world, um, found a Freedom of Information uh, Act, Act request that someone had filed and the all the information that had come come back from it, which apparently included several pages, well, it did include several pages on antiwar.com, and specifically our editorial director, Justin Romando. Um, what drew the attention of the uh, FBI was a uh, antiwar.com had printed, a, posted a uh, list um, uh, of some terrorist sites that had um, been printed by a, um, already had been put out by an Italian uh, journalist outlet. So it wasn't necessarily even a breaking story of ours or something it had put out there. And the other things that had had been investigated were uh, Justin Romando's, um, some ancillary issues dealing with 9-11 that Justin Romando had written a fair bit about. So um, what was indicated was that a preliminary investigation needed to be done. And what was, of course, maddening about this or really frightening was uh, that this is done under FISA, if anyone remembers the uh, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Um, where they were asking questions, um, questions about um, Justin Romando's uh, first name, um, and which was would have been really difficult if you just used Google to find in about two seconds, as well as things like where did they get their money? You know, what foreign what foreign support are they receiving? Who are their donors? Um, which uh, you know, antiwar.com generally just receives uh, large donors. We've had bigger major donors, but unfortunately, people have dropped off, and primarily because uh, they don't wish to be investigated or harassed over um, support for antiwar.com. Well, um, no, antiwar.com did not take that 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 uh, sitting down. So um, what happened was this information was uh, turned over to the ACLU, and the ACLU did a uh, 
about a year and a half worth of uh, of investigation and you know on on this case and decided to take it and in May um, filed suit against the FBI and has been is now suing the FBI and wants um, primarily um, for them to one stop spying on antiwar.com and two turn over all information that is collected on various staff members in the organization. Um, so that's basically that's that's all we're asking for, you know, which is a you know seems completely reasonable to me. Do you think it's part of this uh, FBI war on journalism? And talk about how it kind of relates uh, in similar tactics, similar situations to what other people are going through, like Assange or Manning or Hastings, uh, Barrett Brown, et cetera, et cetera. Well, this you know we, you know this was a re- I mean this um, it was likely that the uh, that these investigations may have started as early as uh, 2002 to 2004. So this is actually kind of predates that. This goes back to the earlier days after the Patriot Act, when I guess people, as a friend must have, as, as a friend said to me, did people think the Patriot Act was a joke? I mean, what did they think exactly was going to happen if um, you know if 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 the Patriot Act were passed and this became part of the what was the new normal? Um, so of course this is accelerated over time, but of course this summer, um, at the end of the spring, when the ACLU sort of timed the release, of the timing of the discussion of the lawsuit to to go out with what had been you know improper use once again of the IRS, you know people looking into you know politically motivated um, you know political motivation of of looking through uh, you know whether or not they can deny someone a five hundred one c three status and tax returns, in addition to um, and I'm sorry I'm very tired tonight, but um, a lot of you know the um, wire possible wiretapping of different journalists um, and other matters that the Obama um, regime should, of course, uh, be rightfully ashamed of, because those are the things that we always we, that kind of behavior we attribute to other countries. So uh, uh, nothing, nothing that which that should be, of course, part of the American way, but of course is the American way. And uh, yeah, it's um, of course now we had you know we had a whole summer worth of. You know, uh, release uh, releases. Uh, you know, discussion. Of course, tra- Chelsea Manning's trial and um, Glenn Greenwald and uh, the documentarian Laura. Uh, Petri- I'm trying to pronounce her name correctly, but she, uh, the two of them, had uh, of course found. Uh, I guess I don't know how this came about. The story of Edward Snowden, who uh, was the NSA leaker. Anyway, it's not. You know, I'm not. I'm. I'm not in the mood to. to yeah, whatever. Syria is really kind of what's on my mind anyway. But it's. Uh, that is um, what we're gonna. That that is something that uh, has been deeply concerning to us. So anyway, if you're interested, you can also um, you know look up. Um, I can put out. Well, I'll start putting out some links on my Twitter, and my Twitter is anti-war two. The number two, Thaddeus. Do you want to give us uh, wh- what's your uh, per- historical uh, perspective on whistleblowers and whistleblowing, and and how this relates? Uh, what what has the, been the historic context of the government's war on uh, free press and journalism? Well, I wanted to say, first of all, that if the FBI is targeting antiwar.com, that means antiwar.com is doing something right. I think that actually we should look at this in sort of a positive light. I mean, the government has historically targeted real enemies of the state, real enemies of the empire. They don't make up enemies, right? They go after people who actually do constitute a threat to our imperial foreign policy. They've done that for more than 100 years, beginning in World War One and continuing all the way through the present. So the fact that the FBI has singled out antiwar.com means that it is important, that it is constituting a threat to the imperial project, and that it should be supported. Um, so there's long been a tension, right, between secrecy <clears throat> and, um, you know, foreign, the, the exigencies of foreign policy, right? So what, what policymakers have always said is, you know, we must have secrecy, we cannot have transparency in foreign policy because, of course, our enemies can't know our secrets. They can't know our deliberations. And so, of course, that's always been the 
pretext for anti-democratic measures in particular in determining foreign policy. Um, democracy and empire have always been at odds with one another. There has always been a tension between democracy, choice, freedom, liberty, and empire. We can't have one without the other. And the, the requirements of empire have always been used, as a matter of fact, to squelch freedom and choice and democracy in this country. So if we get rid of the empire, we will just by doing that, by necessity, have a freer country in which to live. Um, but if you look at the history, it's a, it's a pretty bleak one of freedom of speech, freedom of organization, freedom of association, freedom of assembly, freedom of the press, and on and on and on, especially in times of war. So World War I, the good progressive Woodrow Wilson <laughs> uh, sent out his dogs um, against all sorts of dissidents, uh, mostly people on the left. People were put in jail, people were deported for simply opposing the government's aims in uh, killing lots of people in Europe to expand the American way, so to speak. Um, and that continued through World War II. Communists were put in prison. Through the uh, Cold War, of course, many people were blacklisted. Many people lost their jobs. People were imprisoned. Um, Daniel Ellsberg did a great service for freedom for the world, uh, in particular for Vietnamese people, by revealing what was actually intended in the Vietnam War, um, which was essentially genocide in the name of empire. So without that, we have no freedom. Without whistleblowers, the government can do whatever it wants to, right, with impunity. Uh, they must always be supported. They must always be supportive. If you are interested in freedom and liberty, in democracy, in people having some say in government and in foreign policy in particular, you must always stand with transparency, you must always stand with the people who, who reveal the secrets, the dark secrets of the government. Definitely. Uh, Starchild, would you like to talk about how <clears throat> FBI, or no, sorry, antiwar.com winding up on an FBI file because um, one of their journalists was a serious whistleblower on a serious story, as well as how that ties into Chelsea Manning and Angela, if you want to jump in, and you know, just since uh, Chelsea Manning is now a trans woman. Um, how that ties into your organization outright USA, which is um, the libertarian uh, or kind of like a, a LGBT uh, queuing within the libertarian movement. Yeah, that's a that's a, you know we, it kind of started out as a caucus of the libertarian party, and um, over the summer, and I want to sh make a shout out to Mike Shipley, our national secretary. He did amazing work this summer. Um, something called Freedom Torch, which is where people got together and you know did ceremonies lighting a torch and celebrating um, the light of freedom that Chelsea Manning gave us with uh, the revelation of the uh, war crimes in Iraq and that uh, this woman may have uh, this may be the beginning of the end of the empire because of this absolutely um, heroic courageous act um, of you know truth and conscious and of course you know, you know, depending on how you look at it, where you come on the political spectrum, um, I talk, I speak to a lot of right wingers, so I talk about it in terms of being a patriotic act, being an oath keeper, um, something that, especially in a very unusual and difficult circumstance. So, um, and there's many other ways, of course, of looking at that too, that are, of course, positive. But um, with that, um, also too, if you read the chat logs, uh, uh, Chelsea Manning admitted to being a libertarian, which um, I'm sure will also. Uh, haunt her over time but uh that gives me between her and edward snowden um that certainly gives me hope for the for the future of the world 
Yeah, seriously. Uh, Edward Snowden donated money to Ron Paul uh, before he became an NSA uh, whistleblower and uh, let the country know about all the spying of your phone calls and emails that uh, the government has been doing in secret against the Constitution. Why, why do you think that um, the FBI is continually uh, getting away with uh, doing what they're doing or, or what they're doing to Snowden, um, what they're doing to everybody else? Um, depending on the issue, it, it, it depends whether people care about it. If it's spying on them, then, then they care because of uh, nationalism. But if it's uh, Bradley Manning showing how we're killing innocent people in other countries, those people's babies don't matter. Uh, how does nationalism affect public reaction to uh, to these uh, revelations? Well, there's public reaction, Alex, and then there's a government reaction. And, and I think increasingly we're seeing a, a growing gap between those two different reactions. Uh, you know, roughly half the public in, in the polls that I've seen uh, thinks uh, Edward Snowden is a hero. Um, out of government, however, you know, the people uh, in Congress, uh, the Obama administration, uh, I've heard nothing positive said about him. Uh, even though, you know, he really did the country a huge favor by standing up at great risk to himself. You know, he had a comfortable life in Hawaii with his wife and uh, $200,000 a year job, uh, supposedly something like that is what he was making. And, uh, you know, he chose to give up all that and uh, voluntarily go into exile um, because he knew if he stayed here, uh, he would be probably suffering the same fate as uh, Chelsea, formerly Bradley Manning right now. Instead, he, um, you know, went overseas and uh, became a refugee from injustice. Uh, so I, I, I don't think it's uh, it's not just the FBI, you know. It's, it's a whole bunch of uh, agencies and uh, people in the federal government and, um, you know, backed up uh, often, unfortunately, by even state and local government officials. Even if you live in a fairly liberal area or an area you might think, oh, well, you know, we don't support that kind of stuff here. Well, better check how your local people are, uh, you know, what kind of comments they're making. Are they speaking out against this stuff that the uh, federal government is doing to undermine your freedom? You, know, you might want to check into that. And you live in San Francisco. They're, they're, I do. They're known for being, uh, quote-unquote, liberal or progressive. Where do they falter on civil liberties and corporatism? Yeah, well, <laughs> I was kind of thinking of some of that when I was just talking just now, although I know your audience is probably not uh, primarily from San Francisco area. We're down here in, uh, you know, town of Escondido. Uh, this um, is San Marcos. San it goes Marcos. over the entire North County area and then via Cox Cable 957 through the entire uh, San Diego County, but uh, internationally via the Internet and then also through the through LRN.FM. So. Yeah, well, San Francisco has historically been a very liberal place and associated with uh, defense of civil liberties, and in a lot of ways that's still true, but... Uh, you know, the town is also run by pretty much, you know, the Democratic Party has had a, a lock there for quite a while. And uh, I think they don't face a lot of serious competition. Nancy Pelosi, who's the House uh, Minority Leader, formerly the Speaker of the House of Representatives in Congress, uh, has been in office now, I believe, since 1982. And since the very first time she got elected, and that's every two years running for office again, that whole period, what's that, 25 times or something, uh, she's not once debated one of her challengers. You know, she doesn't feel that she has to do that. She knows she's going to get reelected anyway because so many people just mindlessly check off the Democrat box. You know, she can do pretty much whatever she wants, it seems like. I mean, she's had horrible positions on a whole bunch of stuff, and including this NSA spying. And, um, yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, a lot of times that's the way it is unless people start holding their 
so-called leaders accountable. Definitely. For those just joining, you're listening to the uh, LiveAntiWar.com telethon fundraiser here on Free Thought Radio, which is every Monday, 6 to 9 p.m. on KKSM, AM 1320, and LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network. Um, so we are taking your pledges via phone calls. If you want to pledge, uh, call in Nick Hancock. Uh, Nick, do you want to announce the phone number again? Yeah, the call-in phone number for the donation line is 323-512-7095. That's area code 323-512-7095. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm connected on Facebook here and on Twitter, so if you can get a hold of me on Twitter, it's at Nick Propaganda. And uh, also on Facebook, Nick Hancock. And I just got a message from friend of antiwar.com, JL. And JL says he can see Angela and he wants Angela to wave at him. But Angela, don't wave because I told JL to call in on the call-in line. And so if you're just going to call in, yeah, Angela, she waved anyway. But if you want to call in, call 760-736-8375. But if you have something to give to antiwar.com right now, we really appreciate that too. So again, the donation line is 323-512-7095. Or if uh, you know you uh, you can't use a phone, go to the website, antiwar.com slash donate. And we really want you to come uh, try to donate. Uh, we are cr- trying to stick it to the FBI who have uh, really decimated the finances of antiwar.com. It's a nonprofit journalistic agency. They're one of the best uh, foreign policy websites out there. Um, I suggest in, instead of watching Imperialist MSNBC or Imperialist Fox News, just go to your computer, type in antiwar.com, and learn. And this is actually to fund a, a lawsuit against the FBI, isn't it? Yeah, ACLU and antiwar.com has filed a lawsuit against the FBI for spying. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the ACLU, of course, is... Uh handling uh the financial aspects but uh, to promote it and you know keep the site up in the meantime um we kind of need every dime and we've had you know we've cut the staff back till there's nothing and then yeah, basically we're just kind of blobs by by sunday morning when you have to start the uh, process of news gathering all over again so uh yeah, angela is just like running on you know coffee and inspiration here at this point you know she really needs some some sustenance so Help, help feed Angela. Don't let our hardworking activists uh, starve over here at antiwar.com. Oh, thank you, Starchild. And I want to also remember to do another plug, too, because Mike, Mikester on Twitter is uh, tweeting out for Outright USA, kind of uh, talking about this, this podcast. And we really appreciate uh, the support amongst libertarians and the anti-war movement and the entire anti-war movement, which is still there. You know, people uh, got dispirited because, after all, um, thousands of people marched in the streets over Iraq. And what happened? Um, terrible. The worst thing that ever happened in the 21st century happened which was a rock. So, um, you know, we've, people are pretty dispirited. And then, of course, there was the, uh, the fact that some of the nationalists and neoconservatives were right, that uh, part, uh, a significant part of the anti-war movement were people who were merely Democrats who didn't support Bush, and they weren't really anti-war as part of their core, as part of their philosophy. So um, it's been difficult since uh, 2008, 2009 um, to really keep, you know, keep people excited, keep them keep them focused on peace you know we're pro-peace what's the new peace movement these are the things that that you know moving towards something that's really truly good something that will um of course also benefit us financially greatly since it's very expensive to maintain an empire and, and speaking of empire i mean 
uh, we some people call uh, Syria Iraq too, but it's really uh, possibly three, maybe even four, given we had uh, Libya, Mali, uh, undeclared drone wars. Um, talk a little about a little bit about some of the recent events in foreign policy uh, when in regards to Egypt as well, uh, given that. Uh, the United States, just like Mubarak, bought out Morsi, uh, you know, so he could be deferential to Israel and many more things. And so they, but then they decided when there when there was popular protests to take out the figurehead, and now they have the equally backed U.S. backed uh, Egyptian military. So all those countries, uh, uh, briefly, and we'll probably go into them uh, in more detail a little bit after these uh, upcoming breaks and news segments. But uh, uh, just uh, bring people up to speed on exactly what is going on the the, the status of the empire. Are we going to play some more LRN stuff in this break? That was some great oh, yeah. stuff you had on. Check uh, this out, guys. Thaddeus, you want to jump jump on that oh, question? Well, now. <laughs> I actually wanted to talk about sort of the anti-war movement uh, before we get into the details of what's going on in the Middle East. But, um, you know, so uh, nothing is more pathetic and outrageous than the fact that the anti-war movement kind of folded up its tent as soon as Obama was elected. I mean, the only people in the streets since then have been, as I said, the radical left and libertarians, right? The only consistent people, the only people who actually demonstrate principle on this, the only people who seem to care that bombs killing children have their names on them, right, are those people. And they're the only ones who have existed as an anti-war movement since 2008. The liberal left, the progressive left, people who have supported this imperial president, this mass murdering president, should be ashamed of themselves, right? Um, now, though, it seems like finally, <laughs> how many wars has he started now or extended? So Same. now <laughs> it's I don't have enough fingers, right? Uh, now, though, maybe I got a finger for him. I got a finger. Too. <laughs> I got two. <laughs> as long as it's not verbalized, the FCC won't go after me. I have nightmares about them. Yeah, I know. There's a we better watch out because there's a, a list over here on the bulletin board of like all the stations that have been fined by that fascist agency. <laughs> Seriously, like t tens of thousands of dollars for some... No, I can't say that. Never mind. Yeah. So now that maybe now that people are realizing that those Tomahawk missiles will have their names on them, it seems like Obama, the reason that he at least gave lip service to congressional approval, uh, it, it's clear that it was because of mass popular opposition to this, right? The last poll I saw was 9% or something supported intervention in Syria. That was last week. You know, there's no question, you know, the British people and the American people spoke pretty loudly over the last few weeks and said no to this. And I think that's why he that's why he has le at least paused in his imperial slaughter. I think now we're going to have a pretty spirited debate um, in Congress and in the streets and on blogs and all over the Internet and in the newspapers all over the world. We're going to have a pretty spirited debate, which is pretty rare, right? We don't get to do this very often. Usually the president just pulls the trigger and then we talk about it. We actually, this time, because of popular opposition, we forced him to at least allow us to voice our opposition to this, right? I think this might be the moment for a real anti-war mass movement to emerge. I think we can do this, and especially if things like antiwar.com exist and thrive despite FBI repression. So there's no better place to start than uh, an ecumenical, pan-partisan organization website like antiwar.com that brings together leftists like Daniel Ellsberg and Noam Chomsky and Alexander Coburn and Tom Engelhart with libertarians and others against war. 
I mean, there's nothing else that exists like that. I've never found that anywhere else. You know where else it existed in the United States? It existed in 1899 with the Anti-Imperial League, right? Mark Twain headed that up against the, the Spanish-American War and the occupation of the Philippines. It was a coalition of conservatives and some liberals and others against the Imperial Project, right? When the Imperial Project really began outside the United States borders. That hasn't existed since then until <laughs> antiwar.com. I mean, I, antiwar.com was sort of my introduction to, li to libertarian politics, as a matter of fact. I discovered it several years ago uh, when my politics were shifting and someone, somehow I found it online and I saw this, I saw these lefties and I saw these libertarians and some paleos and others sort of joining together in one place at least, um, putting aside their differences on other things, but saying, hey, you know, I don't want my name on killing machines. So this is a moment. This is the moment. This telethon is actually, you know, could it be at a more important moment in American history than this, what we're doing right now? And Nick, has anybody called in yet? Uh, we're, we're waiting for a first call, so you can be the first caller. Yeah, while I'm breaking your microphone. Uh, yeah, so we'll need donations for all these broken microphones real soon. No, uh, we need donations for antiwar.com. And you can donate. You can call 323 512 seven zero nine five if you don't call who will you know just uh, go broke for antiwar.com or just give a little give what you got because we're matching donations whatever you give someone else is going to give exactly that back so uh, you're you're going to be the first one it's you you call in three two three five one two seven zero nine five or hell you know if I can't talk into that, go to antiwar.com slash donate. And I apologize for saying hell, Alex. Oh, that's okay. We're not that Christian. <laughs> if you want, maybe well, I'll even we've talk We've got to thank a, little, a donor. We got a, a little donor. dirty. Yeah, we've, got, we've got a couple in the past hour, but I want to thank oh, awesome. the third one specifically as a Mikester from Outright Libertarians. That's our national secretary who did such courageous work this summer on, uh, you know, making sure that libertarians understood the importance of what Chelsea Manning did and it spread throughout the uh, libertarian it's been buttering up community. so now he sent us some money that's great well, i shouldn't say us <laughs> you're i'm not actually technically with antiwar.com but uh they're doing good work over there uh, this is starchild i'm uh, on the libertarian national committee of the libertarian party so i'll give a little shout out to them too while we're here definitely and and there are there are five people so far on the on the webcam uh, not everybody watches the webcam um but you know five a dollar each uh five dollars and then it's matched to ten bucks that's just the power of uh these matching uh, this matching deal to help uh, give it give uh, antiwar.com a boost and um make sure you're listening at freethoughtmedia.org slash live freethoughtmedia.org slash live has the audio stream and the video stream both are separate so if if you only watch the video you're not going to get audio so if you're tuning in via citizen streams uh, where this is linked to um, make sure well you can't hear me if you're listening through citizen streams because you're probably only watching the video but make sure it's freethoughtmedia.org slash live has the audio player and the embed everything like that as well as the webcam that you could watch at the same time um, but we're going to take a quick break here um, with the KKSM news and this one's brought to you by copblock.org. This is their police accountability report. Before you cross the streets, you better look both ways, or we'll throw you in the pokey for a dozen days. And all around the 
the county every woman and man knows we'll pull you over just to play our banjo the police accountability report brought to you by coplock.org Coplock is a decentralized project supported by a diverse group of individuals united by their shared goals of police accountability, education of individual rights, and the dissemination of effective tactics to utilize while filming police. From Keene in the Shire, the Liberty Media Capital of the World, this is Daryl W. Perry, host of the Police Accountability Report, brought to you by Coplock.org. This week, a couple of stories that should cause anyone critically thinking to see that those wearing badges aren't always operating with the best of intentions. In Livingston, Montana, a kitchen manager visiting his place of work after hours was mauled by a police attack dog, which was released into the property with the purpose of seeking out and attacking anyone it found. Police defend the actions of the dog, saying he did what he was supposed to do. Mark Demoline manages the kitchen of Park Place Tavern in Livingston and, on August 22nd, was visiting the business at 2 a.m., which he often does, to eat before going home. His routine visits are brief as he makes a quick salad, grabs his laptop, and leaves. He does not lock the door while in the tavern, reports the Livingston Enterprise. Unbeknownst to Demoline, Police had decided to perform a standard downtown security check, which involves entering a private business without probable cause or warrant, snooping around inside and releasing an attack dog to sniff out intruders without permission from the owner. Mark was preparing himself a take-home salad and prepared to exit the building with food and drink in hand. A strange black dog approached him. Being a dog lover, Demoline greeted the dog. Hey, puppy. The dog lunged at him and sank its teeth into his leg, gnawing his flesh with repeated bites. Mark dropped everything and began screaming and trying to restrain the attack dog. Just then, two Livingston police officers appeared, taking control of the dog and cuffing Demoline, dragging him outside for an interrogation. A phone call confirmed he had permission to be in the building, unlike the police officers and their violent dog. He said, it's just way out of line, the excessive force of this dog. Police Chief Darren Rainey said, it's acceptable for the dog to confront anybody in the business at that hour, claiming police can enter any private property if it is unlocked. The police offered no sympathies or apologies to the cook, who had to miss a week of work and incurred hospitalization bills and many personal inconveniences. In other news, a former Unified Police Department officer has been charged with faking DUI reports and working overlapping shifts to steal taxpayer money. Stephen Hall retired amid an internal investigation that allegedly found he faked reports while working grant-funded overtime shifts, sometimes at the same time he was clocked in at other jobs. From 2010 to 2013, Hall was double-paid about $14,100. Prosecutors charged him with second-degree felony theft by deception and three counts of Class B misdemeanor falsification or alteration of government records. While the misdemeanors carry a maximum penalty of six months in jail, if he is convicted for theft, Hall could spend up to 15 years in prison. 
Unified police have the option to work federal and state grant-funded overtime shifts specifically for DUI and underage drinking enforcement. Supervisors also found that Hall made up 50 cases, filled out with fictitious information, and listed work he did not actually perform. That's this week's Police Accountability Report, brought to you by CopBlock.org. I hope you'll take a moment to consider just what it is that you are being forced to pay for with your taxation and speak out against the violence and the corruption. Until next week, stay safe and remember that badges don't grant extra rights. When you're in our county and you want to drive... There are no traffic problems where you can pick up at AM 1320 here in North County, San Diego on this September 2nd at 7 p.m. Uh, but you're listening to KKSM AM 1320 Oceanside. It is also 74 degrees outside here in San Marcos. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back here with more Free Thought Radio. Freethoughtmedia.org. KKSM. We must be flipping out. AM 1320. The Radio Revolution. A technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Since time began, tyrants have taken aim at personal liberties. Now there's a movie that aims back. The government has no more right to tell us what to put in our bodies than they have to take our guns or tell us what books we can read. I wonder how prohibitionists would feel if they saw medical marijuana vastly improve the life of someone dear to them. Today, many cops who enforce pot laws do so only because it provides them with cushy jobs, good benefits, and a chance to push people around. I was an undercover narcotics officer. The drug war is nothing but a farce. Six drug police were eaten by bears while raiding a marijuana farm. On your knees, you dirty hippies! Jesus. On your knees! What's the problem, officer? The Second Amendment says you gotta keep you and your gat intact. Guns and Weed, The Road to Freedom. A film by Michael W. Dean and Nima Vidati. Available from gunsandweed.com. KKSM. Cool people listen on AM 1320. Party people listen on Cox Cable 957. And traveling people listen on palomarcollegeradio.com or download the Ustream app for their smartphones. KKSM. The Radio Revolution. We're involved in sort of a low-key war against apathy where they might just for a second question enough of their environment to do something about it. As long as they don't feel their environment and they don't worry about it, they're not going to do anything to change it. And something's got to be done before America scarfs up the world and on it. Free Thought Radio. Your source for independent music, independent talk from independent minds. Only on KKSM AM 1320 the radio revolution and podcasting on lrn.fm the liberty radio network freethoughtmedia.org welcome back to free thought radio guys i'm your host alex fiddle it's live every monday from 6 p.m to 9 p.m on kksm am 1320 the radio revolution 
Also, Cox Cable Channel 957 in all of San Diego County. And streaming live on the internet at freethoughtmedia.org slash live. Also podcasting on the Liberty Radio Network at lrn.fm during the weekly podcast loop. And on iTunes, search for Freethought and look for Freethought AAC and subscribe for free there. This will be up tomorrow. If you miss any part of the podcast, it will be up. But uh, for those just joining, I am uh, doing a live telethon fundraiser. So that means we got a Jerry Lewis for you to call in. And what's the cause? The cause is recovering from the war on journalism. And it is to benefit antiwar.com. Antiwar.com has been under FBI surveillance since probably about 2002 uh, for since uh, one of their journalists was a whistleblower on a particular issue. Uh, and uh, by doing that, of course, you know, in the United Slave States of America, when you're a real journalist, you wind up on an FBI watch list. Um, so ever since that was revealed in about 2011 to 2012, their donors didn't feel like that they wanted to be uh surveilled by the fbi as well so unfortunately they pulled out so what we're trying to do right now is stick it to the fbi uh do grassroots donations via the telephone we're take we have a separate call in line for just for pledges so we have a jerry lewis that will take down your information plug it into the computer i mean you could do it yourself at antiwar.com slash donate but it's kind of a novelty it's fun uh call in to the number and um yeah, so we're, we're uh, raising funds here. But, Angela, do you want to plug in the phone number? for? Oh, 323-512-7095. That's 323-512-7095. I was going to say, you're just lucky if you're on an FBI list because if you're a Yemeni journalist, you could have ended up in the uh, the clink for two years. Oh, yeah, I know the, the story you're talking about. Actually, he, he was set to be released, but President Obama made a personal phone call himself to make sure that that guy stayed in jail. Yeah, the Emperor Obama. He, he he's so powerful. He can have you put away in some foreign country. For, you know, you have no connection to the you're not a U.S. citizen. You just happen to be a journalist elsewhere. Wow, that's amazing. To get people out of jail in this country, you know, who are there for uh, victimless crimes like smoking a little herb, which he did uh, profusely when he was younger himself. A hypocrite. At my college, by the way. Oh, really? Occidental. That's where he smoked weed. Well, with impunity. Choom, so he got away choom. with it. <laughs> Unlike all those people in prison now. And presidents can pardon them anytime they want to, stroke of a pen, but he's not doing it. Um, but before I plug in some raffle prizes that we have for this donation drive, I just wanted to ask you, what do you think, you know, since libertarians, we really, really, really care about the cannabis issue. And I, I interviewed on the show uh, the guy named Rick Simpson, who has been discovering that cannabis, uh, or rediscovering, therefore, that cannabis cures cancer. Uh, so I was particularly disgusted by the timing of the uh, Holder announcement on the marijuana issue uh, because I felt it was to distract against the war in Syria, although it's a little bit of a temporary victory for the Tenth Amendment, given that they're kind of giving up. They know that these states will fall, uh, but it's kind of like a t- it's kind of a fodder to distract us against the war like kind of Miley Cyrus was. What do you make of the timing of the marijuana issue as a, as libertarian or, or you, uh, Thaddeus Russell, as a, someone from the more left side? Well, again, it was sort of like, you know, I think the Obama administration realized that they were losing their base on this, right? That if they continued the raids on the dispensaries, if they continued to prosecute people for, uh, you know, <laughs> for exchanging a plant that makes some people feel good and cures others, right? Um, they, I think they realized that the, I think the opposition was, had grown too great, just like it has on Assyria. And I think that's why they finally budged a bit. Um, but uh, the fact that so many liberals are now sort of embracing them as these great, you know, 
freedom fighters for doing this is, is again, sort of sickening because obviously for how many years <laughs> they put p- people in prison um, for, for that victimless crime. Um, I don't know about the timing being a distraction, I, but it certainly serves the purpose of winning back some of their base while they're busy off killing people in other countries or at least attempting to. Definitely. So for those just joining, uh, we're doing a antiwar.com fundraiser. Uh, and uh, you can go to antiwar.com slash donate. But don't tune out. We will say some interesting things, too. We promise. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, Nick, uh, is this prize that we're doing raffle stuff for special uh, donations and stuff? Is this for only people that call in, or can they donate through uh, the site as well? And what are the stipulations for how they can get it? Well, uh, we have. Uh, let me see. Do I am, am I all right? Can y'all hear me on the on the yeah. mic front of this? Okay, so uh, we've got just a few limited uh, swag over here to hand out or to uh, send out to you. So if you call in, uh, especially, especially if you like get uh, live on the air, we would like some people live on the air to talk about donating to antiwar.com and how good it feels. And uh, so maybe the first person to call in. Uh, and, and come on the air and say, hey, I'm donating, and you should too. Well, here's your bribe. We've got uh, this bumper sticker right here. It says, uh, well, you can see it on the camera there, but if you're not looking on the online on the camera, it says, hey, shut up. Those robots are killing people for our freedom. So that one's got a drone robot on there. We've got this uh, other sticker here you might like. It says, Obama, and this one's factual, by the way. This one says, Obama's fired more cruise missiles than all other Peace Prize winners combined. <laughs> so put, put facts on the, back of your, uh, on the back of your bumper there. And uh, then uh, we've got tons of them over here. I'm not going to go through all of them. But if you like Ron Paul, we've got Ron Paul stickers over here with him saying, End the Wars. We all know Ron Paul likes to read Antiwar.com, so it can't be that bad, guys. Ron go Paul's to Antiwar.com, read it, check it out. You'll see that this website needs to stick around forever. But the only way it can stay around forever is if we all chip in and help out because, uh, you know, it's not like it's funded by major uh, major corporations or by the government or something like the rest of the war media. This is antiwar.com. You're, uh, you know, you need that. Like, uh, obviously, they're out there planning these wars all night, every day. So you need that 24-hour, seven-day-a-week uh, myth buster, that propaganda destroyer called antiwar.com. And if you don't like bumper stickers, last couple things we got here, but you gotta, you got to be really enthusiastic about donating at antiwar.com to get some of these goodies. I'm going to hold up this book, brand-new book from Nick Terse. Uh, Nick Terse writes uh, a lot. Uh, maybe you could plug a website that you find him on or something, because I can't think off the top of my head. He's worked with uh, Tom Dispatch, you know, Tom Engelhart, and uh, he's yeah. worked with Alternet and other... Yeah, he's a, but, a, a great journalist. And the new book is Kill Anything That Moves, The Real American War in Vietnam. Kind of like and, that dog, huh? Yeah, and then uh, finally, last but not least over here, this giant thing. I'm going to hold up how thick it is for the camera here. This is a great big collection of essays, and the book is called Why Peace? And it's edited by Mark Gutman. All sorts of writers in here. Some uh, economists, some philosophers, and then some embedded journalists. Some guys who have been uh, in solitary confinement, uh, in a war prison camp, even. So, stories from all around the world of people discovering peace or living under the worst conditions of war. And uh, it all speak into the values of peace and liberty and uh, all that good stuff. So I'm going to hop back over on the phone and be your Jerry Lewis. And you can call me and donate. You can call 323-512-7095. It's 
area code 323-512-7095. And uh, we'll make sure that at the end of the call, antiwar.com has a little bit more to carry on for another day. So thank you. It's a bit quiet in here, so I don't want to, I want to pick up some dead air. Um, Starchild, Alex, Nick, and I were at Libertopia Fest, uh, the festival, which was a an amazing array of anarchists and libertarian speakers and thinkers talking about all sorts of things about the future. Um, and, of course, positive communication and what it means to be... Um, well, what it means to be a productive, happy, healthy anarchist in 2013. And uh, my speech, I got to speak a little bit there on um, how uh, misogyny and homophobia and similar things uh, are under, you know, are part of empire and get used by empire. Do you want to Angela speak a little bit about, about those? Because I actually I missed that. that. I was good. at the No War in Syria protest out in, in San Diego at Balboa Park. This is about as low key as you'll ever catch her. Sure, but I want to ask how many people showed up to the anti-war protest. Um, Maybe a hundred, hundred something, maybe 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 two hundred. That's wonderful. Was it a diverse crowd? Uh, yeah, I, I I spoke on behalf of the of the libertarian uh, view of things, and as well as how monetary policy plays into uh, wars. For example, with uh, Gaddafi and the gold dinar, um, I I had my uh, one ounce silver uh, Chelsea Manning round to show a. Uh, would uh, would the CIA send in Al Qaeda to come and put my head on a pike uh, for using silver as currency? Um, uh, it, it was, uh, and then we had a bunch of other people from across the spectrum. Republicans and Democrat head honchos were not there because they own this equally. So it was a grassroots thing, unity. Yeah, and Alex, you mentioning silver. You know, they had the uh, screening of the new animated uh, film about the uh, the monetary system, Silver Circle. Uh, it's at silvercircle.com. Uh, you can uh, check it out online if it uh, hasn't hit a theater near you yet. Well, yeah, it was it was a really great movie. There were there were a bunch of different movies out there, um, uh, many, many on uh, on uh, self sufficiency and everything. But uh, uh, getting back to your your speech, Angela, uh, uh, give us a, a rundown of what you were talking about at Libertopia. Oh, I've been doing kind of a it's the second part of an experimental uh, speech that I started last year, last Libertopia, which was about. Racism, colonial, and occupation of the empire. Which, of course, if you're on the hard left, that's yeah, whatever. You're saying yeah, okay. What else is new? But um, for libertarians, usually we haven't actually used that, uh, use certain language to discuss, um, to discuss, you know, um, empire. Um, which you know, colonialism and occupation are horrible, horrible things that states do, and really only states can do them. Um, and then I moved it. You know, I, I kind of worked more on those themes, and I went toward. Um, you know, how sexism and how homophobia and how other things are, of course, used to create, I mean, not just build empire, but like a militarism, which is sort of like the attitude, you know, militarism is the attitude where, you know, you're part of a special priestly class if you're part of the service. We glorify military service. We glorify vets. And it's not a particularly normal or good way about to, uh, you know, conduct one's business or have a republic a, or a constitutional or whatever it is that we're the, the end goal is here, what we're supposed to have. But yeah, they say people served in the military. You know, I was in the military. I, I worked for the military, and I did it because I was getting money to go to college. You know, I wasn't uh, volunteering my time for free. You know, I was getting paid. So I don't know why people get uh, put on a pedestal for, for doing that. Uh, it, it certainly can be risky, especially when they send people off to go uh, fight and die in places around the world. But, um, you know, honestly, it's probably riskier driving a cab or... Uh, working on a farm, even uh, any number of uh, occupations uh, here are quite as uh, hazardous to your health. And um, 
So I've never really quite, un- well, I do understand why they do it, but uh, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me that, uh, you know, we do sort of have that hero worship mentality. I mean, I, individual soldiers are certainly people out there who have committed brave and heroic acts, uh, not just the whistleblowers, but, uh, you know, people who have, uh, you know, died for freedom in the course of this country's history. I don't want to downplay or, or diminish that, uh, but at the same time, I, I've never accepted this whole idea of, uh, you know, and then they have the so-called first responders, you know. It's like, well, no, the first responders is whoever gets to the scene first, you know. Just because you're wearing a uniform, you got there after the other guy, you're not a first responder, are you? I'd like to, can I give a shout-out to someone? Sure. Okay. I'd like to give out a a special hello to Andrew from Liberty on the Rocks in, uh, in Orange County. He knows why. Thank you very much, sir. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's heating up in here. This this is working, Alex. This is awesome. this is happening. Sweet. And uh, please call in to three two three five one two seven zero nine five for the no, the donation pledge line. Uh, Nick Hancock will pick up the phone. Uh, we would love somebody to be the first caller. Uh, we'll get those prizes that we saw, the bumper stickers and everything. And it's, I mean, it's a cool novelty. I mean, you could go to antiwar.com/donate, or you could participate in a telethon. Um, and if you want to call in to chat with us, you could call me up for an erotic with... massage too. <laughs> nice massages. Yeah, you never know, you know, if you're a sweet enough donor. No, uh, but um, I don't know. Could I plug my website on this show? Will that get us sure. in trouble with the FCC? Uh, 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 Rentboy.com/slash/chrisfox if you like muscle boys. Um, yeah, I'm bi, so boys, girls, it's all good. <laughs> Free students out there, over twenty, Free over. <laughs> I didn't say free for students. I said for students. Oh, okay. I'm assuming I'm assuming that there's students who actually do listen to this show since we're at a college radio station. Mm-hmm. And college radio is so much fun. It's much more freewheeling and experimental, and sometimes just downright weird, you know. But uh, uh, and especially being on AM radio, where we're on competing against neoconservatives, actually directly on, on 760 on the other side of this, you'll be able to hear Mark Levin uh, sell the war in Syria. Yeah, oh, tell me, uh, good it, for him. Is that why it's so humid in here? Is that like Mark Levin's uh, uh, mouth frothing, like coming over the airwaves somehow? And... Or disgusting back hair, I can imagine. <laughs> now, now, let's not get personal. Just, just because he's a douchebag. <laughs> so can I talk about um, what I think might be the most heroic piece of journalism in the 21st century? Sure. Okay. So on September 12th, 2001... There was an article published on the internet saying that we should not go to war despite what happened on the day before. And that article was written by Justin Raimondo on antiwar.com. And I came to it uh, many years after it was written, and I was absolutely blown away um, by the prescience of it and the heroism of it. Um, On September 12th, I was in New York on that day, and... You know, even the most diehard anti-imperialists among us were tested, right? It was, that was the ultimate test, being in New York then. And it was very, very difficult. I would say almost impossible to say something like that in, about something like that in that atmosphere. I mean, you might remember what Bill Maher said. I mean, he just, he just said that the bombers were heroic and he was pilloried for that, right? To actually come out I thought he against, only Didn't he only say that they weren't cowardly? 
I'm not even sure. Oh, yeah, no, he was in the mildest thing, and he still was nearly run off Yeah, I mean, air. to me, even if you think what they did was despicable, I mean, it, it does take a certain amount of uh, guts to go and, and sure. blow yourself Absolutely. up, you know. I, I can't really right. see calling them cowardly, even if they may have been. I'm just saying that know, that's what, that's how bad. douchebags, just a word from the professor that, over here. <laughs> that's how bad the atmosphere was at that time, though. I mean, yeah, exactly. On the day yeah. after September 11th, to say that that September 11th was caused by blowback, first of all, right? That right there was radical and heroic. To say that we should not respond with military action was also radical and heroic. Um, he was right on both counts. And it's amazing that, you know, over, uh, well, coming up on a dozen years later here now, uh, still don't really know what happened on 9-11. I mean, uh, you know, there's there's certainly a lot of information out there, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that really hasn't been officially explored. Uh, you know, I actually listened to the entire 9-11 commission report a few years ago, believe it or not, like 21 CDs in this audio CD thing I got at the library. Listen to all of it. I don't even remember how many hours that was, but you know that the, there were actually three buildings in New York that collapsed uh, that day, and one of them wasn't mentioned at all. The other two, they spent hours talking about the two main World Trade Center buildings, but there's also this building seven that collapsed and somehow in all the detail they went into in that report which was just exhaustive boring mind-numbing detail not one word about building seven why is that well i don't you know i don't i don't actually buy the conspiracy theory but let me well, just which say, conspiracy theory you mean well, the conspiracy theory that says that al-qaeda did this and that that uh, you know they you know caused building seven to collapse i well, mean the, isn't that a conspiracy also the, 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 <laughs> no i mean i think the politics of the conspiracy theories are right though actually because what they what they are saying is that 9-11 served the interests of the neocons it served the interests of american empire and about that they were absolutely right whether or not the bush administration was behind the attack um is a different question but it, there's no question that it served their interest that it was the best thing that ever happened to their project of expanding the American empire. Yeah, I'm not one of these people that thinks that planes didn't hit the building. You know, I watched along with everybody else. I, I uh, and I do think Al Qaeda was uh, behind it um, personally, but uh, I also I tend to think that uh, the federal government knew a lot more about it in advance than they were letting on. As you, want, you, you say, oh, yeah, that sure. is, it served their interests, right, and there's a lot of unanswered questions and. Suspicious findings, uh, you know, like there may have been some explosives potentially involved uh, as well, causing more devastation than would have happened otherwise from just the planes hitting the building. And if you get ar architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth or um, did you know, for example, there was uh, actually a, an air exercise happening that same day, September 11, 2001, by a federal government agency. And this was a training exercise, supposedly, but it happened on the same day. They had a exercise that involved a plane, a scenario where a plane flew into a building. How much of a coincidence is that? You know, these kind of coincidences really happen. I mean, uh, that that to me was just very interesting, and um, it doesn't even stop there. There's a whole bunch more stuff if you well, start looking into it. But and, and I I, th I thought it was really interesting what 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 it was that uh, Justin Raimondo was writing about. Uh, that uh, was the kind of catalyst for you know getting him on the watch list in the first place about people being arrested in suspicion of it that uh, uh, never got shown and even Fox News reported on it and it got taken down. Uh, that's just another interesting aspect of it. So I, I do tend to want to take everything with a grain of salt, theories, even facts, but I, I it's easy to, to spot what is a theory and superfluous like holographic airplanes um, and then 
uh, to differentiate between what is actually real, like a, a 60 page FBI file. <laughs> but we also have a caller uh, joining in. Uh, so, live one. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself and, and tell us why you're calling in? Hey, uh, my name is John Jones, and uh, I was calling in because my good friend Nick Hancock said there was an uh, anti war uh, telephone going on. Uh, so hey, John. Hey, Nick. Wow, thanks for calling. Yeah, uh, good, to, good to hear from you. Yeah, this is John Jones. He's a good friend of mine. We met uh, some years ago, and now John is taking like all these ideas of liberty and peace and actually putting them in action. He's got this uh, group started up called RockyMountainMiners.com, right? You go to Rocky Mountain Miners, and then you see how you in your own home can, uh, uh, I don't know, just like magically make yourself some money. John, uh, Antiwar.com takes Bitcoins and like. Uh, well, we take Bitcoins is the thing, but you work on Bitcoins and Litecoins. And how do you relate that to the cause of peace around the world? Well, uh, as probably a lot of people listening know, the warfare state is funded by the uh, money that the state is able to print for itself. Uh, they can get away with that sort of thing uh, as long as people are willing to use the money. So I'm really interested in alternatives to the dollar, um, like Bitcoin and Litecoin. And so I uh, started just as a hobby building um, mining computers with a friend of mine. And uh, now we've built systems that are you know push-button enabled so somebody doesn't have to be a geek like my partner and I, and they can have a... Uh, cryptocurrency miner in their living room, um, and it's kind of neat. You know, it's a hobby. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme or anything, but you can earn money from it, and um, it's like hosting a, a challenge to the Federal Reserve System right in your own living room. It's a, you know, it's an alternative currency. So um, I'd love to, you know, make a donation tonight to uh, Antiwar. Uh, Noisemakers, woo! With uh, some Bitcoin. Well, thank you, John. And, you know, uh, because we so much appreciate you being the first caller in. Are you still there? Yeah. Okay, so because John was the first one to call in on the air at 760-736-8375, we are going to reward John because we all love him. And, uh, John, uh, do you want me to send you a, a Liberty sticker? Or uh, do you like books? Uh, what, what do you like? I mean, we have all this anti-war swag. I like I like books. I could use a good book to read, and uh, I'm sure you'd pick out a good one. All right, man. Well, um, I'll I'll talk to you off the air about that. But you see, people, that's what you get when you call in to Alex Fiddle's show, Free Thought Radio, when we're having an antiwar.com donation drive. But uh, you know, he can't have us on every week, so you got to take advantage right now and call in. You can call and donate to me. Uh, well, donate to antiwar.com, you know. But I'll help you do that. You call me at three two three. Five one two seven zero nine five, or for a real treat, if you really want to make our day, call in and be on the air like John Jones just did. You can call area code seven six zero seven three six eight three seven five. And uh, John, just before we let you go, have you been following uh, the Syria story? And do you? Uh, what are your thoughts on all this? Oh man, I I really hope that. You know, uh, <laughs> the way things are looking, you know, public opinion-wise, you know, you want to see it voted down. 
Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic because of, you know, the numbers on it, but it's, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I was uh, in the Air Force and I was involved with the conflict in Afghanistan as a Pashto linguist and studying the Afghan, you know, history and, you know, which has a long history of foreign intervention and the resistance that comes from that. Uh, I don't think there's anything that we can do for the, the nation of Syria and it doesn't make any sense that if the Syrian government is bombing Syrians, that we go in and help them by bombing more Syrians. It's, it's totally crazy. Well, Todd, you sound pretty informed about the issues. This is Starchild here, but, um, you know, uh, you're, you're lucky to be getting this this book. This looks like some really good um, uh, quiet bedtime reading here. Kill Anything That Moves, I think is what we're, we're going to send you. The Real American War in Vietnam. It's got some uh, chapter titles here that are worth mentioning. A, a System of Suffering, uh, Overkill, A Litany of Atrocities, Unbounded Misery, and The Butcher of the Delta. You know, I think I think this could uh, you know definitely give you some good uh, bedtime entertainment here. <laughs> Thanks. All right, well, thanks for calling in, John, and uh, I guess um, I'll just uh, I'll keep talking to you through the uh, Facebook in here, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll get some information and trade uh, what's next. Uh, so that's uh, that's John Jones, and he's with Rocky Mountain Miners. You got to check it out; it's pretty cool and inspirational, even if you're not um, ready to uh, plop down and uh, get going on this cryptocurrency thing just yet. You got to look at what these people are doing. Like John Jones, it's really a contribution. Um, someone in the same light as what antiwar.com is doing. Just, I mean, it's a glimpse into a world that we all, uh, you know, should be living in. This is not difficult to not kill each other, you guys. So we should mm-hmm. be able to make that happen. Uh, so donate to antiwar.com just like John Jones did. And um, just to say thank you to John, you can also check out RockyMountainMiners.com. So thanks, John. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, we have a winner. Let's hear it for the winner. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. If you want to be a winner, too, we're going to have more winners. Or are we? Do we give oh, them everything? We, there's we some winners. We book here. We got some cool stickers. And uh, I don't know. We might have something else for you. Who knows? All right. So it's 323-512-7095. Or if you want to call in, it's 760-736-8375. I want to give a shout-out to Bill Chen, who allowed me to use his name on the air, and I want to thank him. Yeah, Bill. I'd let you use my name on the air anytime. What's the big about that? (laughs) (laughs) No, Bill is awesome, man. I was... No, um, I'm just teasing. I'm sure he's a great guy. Yeah, thanks a lot, Bill. I'll be uh, talking to you, too. Definitely. Uh, And... um, there was definitely an an article uh, back in 2012 that talked about how the what do you make of the the fact that they were just intervening in the first place because there's there's uh you know the argument oh we sh- shouldn't have military intervention but I heard such silly arguments for Libya that oh we're doing it by sea so therefore it's not technically a war why does it need to go down to you know the CIA interventions the covert operations the weapons funneling the f- yeah those aren't big guns on those ships we're, they're just happy to see you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's pretty much artificially created this uh, much of this uprising, at least with the parts of the Free Syrian Army and those that are connected to Al Qaeda. They did the same thing with Libya, shipped in uh, people to fight against uh, Gaddafi uh, uh, and armed the insurrection and uh, had intelligence to back him up and airstrikes and everything like that. But, but in all seriousness, though, Alex, I mean. I don't think anybody here wants the United States government to get involved in another war over there right now. But um, 
the uh, you know both Libya and Syria have been ruled for decades by you know really horrible dictators who deserve to be overthrown. They Definitely. just shouldn't be using our tax dollars and waging unconstitutional wars to do it. I mean, yeah, there's some Al Qaeda people over there fighting to overthrow them too, but there's also a lot of Syrian and Libyan people who've been suffering for a long time, and I, I'm glad that Gaddafi bit the dust in, in Libya. I was happy Certainly. to see him go, and I hope Assad meets the same fate because he certainly deserved it. And I think he did use uh, chemical weapons on his people. Um, you know, it, uh, the world should do something, but we should do it voluntarily and, uh, you know, not through the same old, um, you know, regime empowering uh, here in the United States that uh, has been going on with uh, previous wars where we, we see war overseas gets ramped up and then war at home gets ramped up, the so-called war on terror where, you know, as you know, it really involves spying on us and uh you know racially profiling muslims and not just at the airport but uh keeping all kinds of people incarcerated for years without due process and uh all this kind of stuff you know and we, certainly th these covert actions will m and or and, and a resulting war would certainly make everything worse for the for the syrian people and everything like that uh it would just like with iraq and and um that's just kind of the way we do when, when uh, the U.S. government uh, tries to play chess with the world with guns and, and killing people and, and be the world's policeman and uh, think it can resolve things that way, and it, and it just doesn't. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. Yeah, the U.S. government is kind of like a, a you know somebody playing chess, like blind, uh, folded, and, and eight games going yeah. at the same time, only they're not a grandmaster, you know, they're maybe a, a half or a quarter of talent of the grandmaster, so you, so you can imagine how well the, the games are actually going to work out for them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, but you're listening to Free Thought Radio here on uh, AM 1320 KKSM and LRN.FM, freethoughtmedia.org. We'll be right back after this. KKSM. It's outrageous, Phil. AM 1320. The Radio Revolution. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Are you tired of governments murdering people around the world? Stop using their money. There is an alternative. Bitcoin is a stateless, free market, non-political currency, and Bitcoin cannot be inflated or controlled by any government. By using their money, you're helping the state. Stop doing it. You have an incredible alternative available right now. Learn it, use it, and spread it. Get started with Bitcoin at WeUseCoins.com. That's WeUseCoins.com. I'm Alex Fiddle, host of Free Thought Radio. As long as they don't feel their environment and they don't worry about it, they're not going to do anything to change it. And something's got to be done before America scarfs up the world and on it. Tune in as I break down the corporate media's myths in regards to the news and the morality of war. How are we going to keep building nuclear weapons? What's going to happen to the arms industry when we realize we're all one? <laughs> it's going to up the economy. The economy that's fake anyway. 
I also share genres of music excluded by the mainstream radio, such as heavy metal. And I'll tell you what, you can't kill metal. Plenty of guest interviews from musicians to presidential candidates to screaming spacemen. Your source for independent, libertarian, progressive, and anti-war viewpoints and honest music is live Mondays from 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time, only on KKSM AM 1320, The Radio Revolution, and podcasting on LRN.FM, Liberty Radio Network. Visit the website and donate Bitcoin at freethoughtmedia.org. What does freedom mean? Tune in to LRN.FM to find out. LRN.FM is the Liberty Radio Network, a collection of live talk radio and podcasts, all coming from a principled pro-liberty perspective. LRN.FM show hosts aren't left, right, or conspiracy kooks. You can tune in 24-7 to LRN.FM via your phone, computer, satellite, and more. Listen free anytime at LRN.FM. That's LRN.FM. KKSM Oceanside. I'm sure that it's going to be a hit single. AM 1320. The Radio Revolution. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Free Thought Radio on KKSM and LRN.FM. I'm joined now by Antiwar.com contributors Angela Keaton, Nick Hankoff, and we are also joined by libertarian activist Starchild and Occidental College professor and author of The Renegade History of the United States, Thaddeus Russell, Professor Thaddeus Russell, uh, and we are taking your calls for a donation drive for antiwar.com if you want to call in, like we have a caller on now. Uh, don't hang up just yet. I'm just trying to read this off. Uh, please call in to 323-512-7095 for the donation live, but if you want to call in like the person I'm going to bring on right now, uh, 760-736-8375. The caller is in. How's it going? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Sweet. Uh, how's it going? What do you think of the uh, antiwar.com uh, situation and fundraiser? Um, I'm loving it. You guys are really entertaining. And nice. actually, you inspired me to call in and tell you my war story from uh, Saturday night's rallies. We had a huge peace rally here in phoenix and we totally kicked ass am i allowed to say that yes that is the that is the extent that <laughs> you're is the, encouraged that's to the, say that that's the uh, farthest you can go kick some okay, ass and maybe some elephant that. too huh? <laughs> some elephant and some donkey, donkey. Some a- oh i get it ass that's a good one um no um the whole thing was a beautiful first of all some some random act, random person we never no one of us ever heard of it, and we were sitting around at this and the war coalition meeting and we're like somebody should do something right so we went on facebook and we searched for an event and lo and behold there was this like this random person had posted this event and we're like boom let's do it so we share this event by the time we got home the thing had gone viral right and the person was nowhere to be to be found and i don't know if you've ever experienced this but when there's a facebook event and the organizer doesn't come back it's like chaos so what happened was spontaneous organization took over and um it was basically myself and a couple of other libertarians and then some anarcho-communists kind of stepped forward and what was really really beautiful is that uh we were able to lay our differences beside and i'm sure you know there's a lot of tension between ancaps and ancoms and we were able to lay all of that aside and kind of, you know, um, 
direct this energy into an actual protest. So on Saturday night, uh, the swarm of people that descended upon downtown Tempe, which is a bar neighborhood, it's a, it's a college bar-like strip. It's like a party central area. Uh, we totally, I mean, it was just, it was madness, but it was organized, beautiful madness. And we pretty much, we marched up and down for like three and a half hours. It was, it was so beautiful. I heard uh, about I that. I heard about that protest from a... a I didn't, I didn't a, give you a time to put words in edgeways there, huh? Oh, no, <laughs> it's fine. No, I, a friend of mine is an ANCOM in Phoenix and he told me about that and he's, He's kind of skeptical of libertarians, but he said that uh, on I guess it was, was it Saturday night. Yes. Yeah, he said on Saturday. He said he was talking. Must be the same thing. Uh, he was talking about how it was uh, anarchists and socialists and libertarians getting together, and he called it uh, rowdy, which I I really liked. We haven't seen that yeah. in a while. It was really raucous, and we had um we had several arrests, and it was really great to just see a. It's public. It's funny because, like, when we went to, we had a meeting like before it, and I could hear them whispering libertarians. I was like, "Oh my gosh, are you kidding me?" You know, but like, I guess we all kind of knew it was going to be kind of tense, you know, and it was. But it was a lot of fun, you know. So, like, the libertarians that are listening, I would really, you know, encourage you if you didn't get out to please do so and make sure that libertarian principles are being represented at these events because around the country, I'm pretty sure some similar events were happening, you know, that anti-war people were coming out of various, you know, segments and, and it had been the anti-war left for a long time. And yeah, libertarians did have a bad reputation with those people, but this is like a fresh chance um, to, to represent our philosophy in a better way. So, you know, I hope we can take advantage of that. I think, Mike, part of the thing is, you know, libertarians haven't had critical mass uh, really compared to people. I mean, you know, when uh, I don't think it's any big secret that uh, in national elections, partly because of the winner takes all voting system in this country, I mean, the libertarian party, you know, typically gets, you know, less than 1% for in the race for president. Um, but recently it's been growing a lot. And Ron Paul running as a pretty hardcore libertarian uh candidate even though he was uh, running in the republican party primary uh you know he really had energy probably second only and volunteers second only to obama uh in the 2008 and 2012 campaigns and given that uh you know libertarians are an alternative party and uh, you know it's been so strongly dominated by the top two party cartel in this country for so long i think that's pretty amazing i think the tide is really turning and young people are increasingly waking up realizing, no, we don't want to only have civil liberties or only have economic freedom. We want to be able to determine our lives across the board, whether it's, uh, you know, keeping the money that you earn and spending it the way you want instead of the way the government politicians and bureaucrats with their six-figure salaries want to spend your money or whether it's choosing what you want to put into your own body and having the the right to not be sent off to fight in wars against your will or, uh, you know, be uh, persecuted for who you... Uh, who you talk to in the press or uh, who you want to marry or any of this stuff, you know, it's like, well, thanks Obama for coming around late on that issue only last year, <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, some of us like in the libertarian party have been for marriage equality since 1971. And uh, so anyway, uh, enough about that. I was actually, I was a speaker at the San Diego uh, protest uh, against the war in Syria. And it, w it was on the fact that, you know, uniting uh, people 
uh, across the spectrum against the two-party system, and which is the war party. And uh, so we had uh, it was meant to have that kind of unity, and a lot of people there that were on the, I guess you could say, more left end, uh, which I mean. I don't like those words because left and right is kind of like putting into putting people into a box. I don't think libertarian is a as a substitute for Republican, and I don't think like uh, progressive as often as has to be or has to be associated with the Democratic Party per se. And it's not as in the boxes uh, people want to label it as well. Uh, and I, I felt there was no uh, tension there. The we were focusing on the people that need to be focused on, which is the the warmongers and the people that are going to be killing people and that, it was really well, positive good to see that kind of solidarity mike thanks for uh, all your hard work out there and keep keep, keep kicking that ass and elephant for us definitely <laughs> don't forget right. the donkey thanks for taking my call no problem take it easy thanks for tuning in bye all right <laughs> do, you, uh, do you guys want to have a next topic we could uh, move into i don't know what do students want to hear about sex drugs uh Rock and roll, <laughs> hip hop. I don't know what's popular around here. <laughs> Are you listening right now? Are you doing your homework? Are you being bad? Let, let Thaddeus read. <laughs> <laughs> let me read. All right, Thaddeus is going to present. Let me read. Uh, let me read this article, uh, which was on antiwar.com on September twelfth, two thousand one. So let's uh, let's back sell us. So just for people tuning in. Um, Antiwar.com has been put on an FBI watch list because of a uh, kind of like a whistleblowing content of uh, a particular news story uh, written by Antiwar.com journalist Justin Raimondo. And it has to do, uh, it was written on September 12, 2001. So we're going to have Professor Professor Thaddeus Russell of Occidental College read it off and and talk about uh, what the article means. Well, let's, I mean, I think it's important to, under, to remember or understand, if you're too young, what the culture was like on September 12th and in the weeks after that. I mean, especially in New York, where I was, but really across the country. I mean, you couldn't walk out the door in New York without an American flag hitting you. I was just about to say that. So I, you know, I lived in this very liberal neighborhood called Park Slope, right? And um, on September 10th, there was not a single American flag in that neighborhood, I guarantee you. On September 12th, every stoop had an American flag on it. Um, I had, stupid. I had, you know, all of my friends were basically liberals or lefties, and most of them supported Giuliani um, and his hardcore approach to civil liberties, uh, being opposed to them, and his hardcore approach to military action in the Middle East in response to it. Um, so you just sort of saw this incredible nationalistic uproar. You saw this real disregard for civil liberties, in fact, really an attack on civil liberties by people who normally would be in favor of them. Um, incredible attacks on freedom of speech uh, in the national media, but everywhere. Uh, and to say anything like that 9-11 was caused by American foreign policy really was beyond the pale. I mean, you really couldn't get away with that in, in mainstream media at the time. But on September 12th, I mean, in the, in the middle of this, when the smoke was still flowing over my apartment in Brooklyn, uh, Justin Raimondo wrote this in, in Antiwar.com. He said, we stand at the apex of power, and the French have even invented a special term for the hubristic heights of the American imperium. They call us the hyperpower. It was coined to describe a power outside human history, outside the ordinary rules and conditions attached to human existence a power without parallel or precedent. We were all about actions and not about consequences. 
Unlike the empires of the past, America was thought to be exempt from any possible reaction to its imperial edicts. Now we know it isn't true. Too bad we had to learn that the hard way. There was nothing like that being said in the mainstream media, even in radical media, even in liberal media. I mean, you couldn't find anything like that on September 12th. This, this took um, a bravery that was really rare. It took an intelligence and an analysis of state power and empire that was very rare. And a moment like that, I mean, this was, this was you could only be, it could only be found on antiwar.com. And since then, it is without a doubt um, the best source for foreign policy information from an anti-war perspective. There's no question about it in my mind. You know, while you were reading that, that is, I was just uh, checking my email here, and I got a message from uh, Aubrey Friedman, who's the chair of the Libertarian Party in San Francisco, and he says uh, there was just a uh, rally on Saturday in the city against uh, the intervention in Syria with about 250 to 300 uh, people marching down uh, Market Street, including some of the uh, libertarians up there. And um, so power to the people. Right on, Aubrey. Thanks for uh, representing. And um yeah, it looks like, uh, you know, with Britain, uh, the parliament voting against this, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe it won't happen. You know, we'll, we'll have to see how things develop. You know, one of the problems with the, the libertarian movement, I think, is that it's been largely an, an intellectual movement, which, you know, is a good thing in itself. But, I mean, it needs to be an activist movement as well. And I think this is the moment, this is an opportunity to actually get people in the streets with that kind of analysis. You know, the most consistent anti-war people in this country over many decades have been libertarians. There's no question about that. You certainly can't find that on the left, right, who have waffled, depending on who's the president. Um, but uh, now, is the now is the chance, now is an opportunity to actually be, uh, to take a leading position in an emergent anti-war movement. Well, thanks for the encouragement. I'd, I'd love to see it happen. I, um, I think you're right. Sometimes in the past, uh, libertarians haven't been as much uh, for getting out into the streets. Um, and uh, I think that's important. Yeah, that's, I liked that about the Occupy movement, that they were directly challenging government's monopoly over control of uh, public spaces. Because when you look around the world and you see where people rise up and overthrow unjust regimes, like uh, happened in Egypt and Libya and um, going back places like Ukraine and the Philippines, uh, it involved large numbers of people getting out into the streets and uh, occupying prominent public places for extended periods of time and refusing to leave when police went there with their, you know, riot gear and uh, tear gas and everything else, uh, trying to force them out. And some people paid with their lives, uh, but, um, you know, uh, it probably will save lives in the long run if, if we can get rid of some of these uh, governments. Hopefully we can do it peacefully, but, uh, you know, I think it's good for people to be ready to go out in the streets and when the moment is, is right, you know. Uh, as important as activism is, you know, every movement begins with ideas, right? So ideas are paramount. Oh, true, absolutely. We must begin with good ideas, and, of course, that's where libertarians really are at their best. And, again, you know, if you want to find very sophisticated analyses, but accessible analyses of foreign policy and international affairs. Uh, there's no better place than antiwar.com. What did you think of uh, Ron Paul, uh, that is, refollowing his campaign? He talked a lot sure. about this stuff and blowback and kind of popularizing that term, I think, to some extent in the lexicon of uh, what you hear on the mainstream news. Or yeah, no, on, on foreign policy, I'm 110% behind Ron Paul. I mean, I think there's no question about it. It was actually stunning to watch him 
in those in those presidential debates on the Republican primaries, um, give the blowback thesis and sort of be, you know, have Giuliani and others sort of stare at him in the, as if he were sort of this alien from outer space, which now, by the way, blowback. So in blowback in, you know, on September 12, 2001 was a completely alien concept. Several years later, when Ron Paul introduced it into the mainstream discourse, it was attacked. Now, I, I would say it's fairly mainstream. I mean, I think you can actually say that American foreign policy was a great contributor to 9-11 and other acts, anti-American acts. I think you can now say that and, and not be considered a freak. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, Ron Paul is certainly a major reason for that. But it also, I think, is simply the power of that idea. It's really, if you look at history, and Ron Paul and libertarians weren't the only ones saying this. I mean, some good leftists have been saying this as well for many, certainly, for many decades. You know, it's just, and I've been studying it for decades. It's, do, you, do you teach uh, this stuff no in your questions? classes at all? What, what do you teach at Oxford? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I teach the history of American foreign policy, um, among other things. But um, yeah, and there's, you know, there's no question. If you just look at Al-Qaeda's own words, I mean, just go there. If you look at the fatwa that was issued by Osama bin Laden and, and Zawahiri, Zawahiri in 1998, their list of grievances were all about American foreign policy. It was all about the Iraq war. It was all about the occupation of Saudi Arabia. It was all about support of Israel and the oppression of the Palestinians. They never, ever called for us to establish Sharia law in our country. It was never about that. People like to talk about how uh, Os Osama bin Laden was motivated by American popular culture and the degradation and the decadence of American culture, and it never was. He didn't like it, but that's not what motivated him to launch the attacks on the United States. Right. I mean, it, of course, none of this means that these people in al-Qaeda and the Taliban and so forth don't have their heads completely up their butts back up to the 7th no, century, if, which they certainly do. If, if I <laughs> but, lived uh, in Afghanistan, believe me, I would picking, I'd be picking yeah, up an AK-47 I mean, to defend myself against the Taliban. No one, I do not want to live under Sharia law. There's no question about that, but I don't. So, we, Do people we, ever talk about the uh, Neutrality Act? Does that come up in your uh, classes at all? Sure, you know, yeah. Because this is uh, very interesting to me, and I don't know if you're familiar with that, this guy that went and fought in Libya. He was this American journalist from Baltimore. Uh, I'm spacing on his name right now, but he actually went and uh, picked up a, a gun and fought alongside the rebels in, in Libya and then came back to this country. He was held captive by Qaddafi's forces for a little while, in fact. Um, that's kind of how he got in the news. And uh, eventually, I think either was released or escaped. I, I don't recall exactly how that went down. But uh, he made it back to the United States. And uh, um, as far as I know, he wasn't prosecuted or anything. Um, you know, for a long time, government in this country has been kind of uh, monopolizing how people can help around the world. Like, if you wanted to go and, you know, be a real hero, actually, you know, do something important and, and take a risk for something that really matters, like overthrowing a corrupt regime somewhere uh, and, and doing it without, uh, you know, forcing people into combat who don't want to be there or taking money from uh, people who've earned it, uh, and uh, wasting a lot of overhead through government. You know, people back in the Spanish Revolution from this uh, country uh, went over to Spain and fought against the fascists of uh, Ferdinand Franco, who was an ally of Hitler. And, um, you know, that was a huge effort, and it was all non-government. You know, it was people volunteering and getting together and, uh, you know, kind of like the, the militia movements in the 90s, but, uh, right. you know, actually going and fighting overseas. The government doesn't like that because the nation state is, by definition, a monopoly on violence. 
and foreign policy and imperial foreign policy is a projection of that monopoly on violence. That's what a nation state is. If you don't believe me, you can ask a guy named Barack Obama, who said that himself in an interview before he was elected. When he was running for president, he was asked what the nation state was, and he said it's a, it's a monopoly on violence. Yeah, it's funny how so we so can't, people we can't, forget these things when they get in positions of power that they supposedly knew. It's kind of right. Upton Sinclair, oh, I think, He's no leftist said uh, – you know, it's it's amazing how uh, difficult it can be to get a man to understand something when his job depends on him not understanding it. Right. So we can't fight in bars and we can't watch uh, ultimate fighting championship in certain states because that's barbaric. But the cops can, you know, do great damage to human flesh uh, for very little reason because they are part of that monopoly on violence. So Even if they do it through a dog. That's right. Yeah. If, if cops had bananas instead of guns. Right. Government is force. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, what we what we haven't talked about is uh, the, this thing called the principle of self determination, right? Mm. Oh yeah. So you know, during the American Revolution, <laughs> you know, Americans said that we had the right to self to determine our own fate, right? That's what the American Revolution ostensibly was all about. And no taxation without representation. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we asked like for Like what help. they're doing to the, the so-called illegals today who are forced to pay taxes uh, even though they have no representation living in this country. Right. So, you know, Amer imagine, if, imagine if another country had said, you know, you Americans are being oppressed. We need to – we must save you from your oppressor. No, the Americans said, no, we can only – they asked for help from the French, but they said we can only do this ourselves. The only people who can liberate a people are the people of themselves, right? So the, right. Syrian, the Syrian people are the only people in the world who can liberate themselves. That is their fight. It is not ours. I do have to say, though, if the French wanted to come over here and do something about these elephants and jackasses up there, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be complaining a lot, I don't think. Just don't drop any bombs, you know. Don't be stupid about it. Well, remember don't, when— Don't kill innocent people. Target the people that need to be— Remember when the French were hated for years? Why? Because right, they opposed right. the Iraq War. <laughs> now you have the, the British saying, no, we're not going to help the U.S., and right. France says, oh, we're still going to go into That's Syria. Right. And I know. The, the people that, um, you know, sort of jingoistically have made fun of the French for all these years, you know, some of the neoconservatives, they must be uh, really experiencing some cognitive dissonance over this right about now. Right. Definitely. Um— we're going to take a quick break, but we're going to play some interviews that I did at, at Libertopia with uh, freedomsphoenix.com and declare your independence radio show talk show host, Ernest, Ernest Hancock. Hancock. Yep. Go, Ernie. And uh, as well as uh, Davi Barker of Bitcoin Not Bombs. That guy's and, really awesome, too. Yep. Um, a Muslim algorist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we will be right back. See, we know all these people. <laughs> The liberty movement is actually, uh, there's a lot of solidarity. There's a lot of love here. It's a love Definitely. evolution. All right, we'll re be right back. KKSM and LRN.FM. Power to the people. <laughs> KKSM. If loving us is wrong, I do not want to be right. The radio revolution. Are you tired of governments murdering people around the world? Stop uh, using their money. There is an alternative. Sure Bitcoin is a stateless, free market, non-political currency. Bitcoin cannot be inflated or controlled by any government. By using their money, you are helping the state. Stop doing it. You have an incredible alternative available now. Learn it, use it, spread it. Get started with Bitcoin at WeUseCoins.com. That's WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live, the show where anyone can call about whatever they want. 
And we do mean anyone. The first point is it's legal and that's important. Now, my question to you would be they gassed Jews legally in Germany. Was that a good law? Well, I don't know. I don't live in Germany. Come on. You don't know? You don't Fuck? know whether it was a good idea to gas Jews? You don't know whether it was a good idea to incarcerate Japanese Americans during well, what, World War what does that have to do with them crossing the borders of the United States I'm asking it was legal. I'm making America. a point and I'm drawing a parallel, and it's a clear parallel, and you're dodging it. Do good people disobey bad laws, Buck? No. Good people do not disobey Criminals. bad laws? Criminals dodge the law. B- Buck, oh, wait a second. What if they outlawed guns in your state? Would you turn yours in, Buck? Oh, absolutely, in a minute. You would? Well, I'm (laughs) sorry. You're a fascist. Bye. Free Talk Live, seven nights a week from 7 to 10 Eastern, live on the Liberty Radio Network at LRN.FM. The federal government would like to remind you that while some will tell you to think for yourself, this is not necessary as we have taken care of this for you. Simply pledge allegiance to those who keep you safe and avoid dangerous behavior, worst of which, questioning authority. How long do you want to live in blissful ignorance while each day the state assumes more power over you and your stuff? Do you remember signing off on that? Or do you accept it because it is what it is? I'm sure it feels real nice to tune out, hang out at the mall with your BFFs, and if you have a problem, just vote for the other power-hungry political party for your solutions. I don't have the luxury because one day I found something out. I own myself. And you know what useful thing is in there? My brain! The state can keep trying to tell you what to do from the barrel of a gun, but it's up to you to decide who controls your thoughts. Free your mind from the status quo. It's the first step towards reclaiming your liberty. Ah, well, you got us there. Listen to Cody O'Connor's Off the Air Live every Thursday and Saturday night at 10 Eastern. It's dangerous, hilarious, and live on LRN.FM. Want your business to reach students of Palomar College? Want your name to reach a global listening audience? Want to support an educational program? Then sponsor KKSM. KKSM offers affordable rates, personalized spots, and global exposure for your business. Call our advertising line at 760-744-1150, extension 2442, to find out how you can sponsor KKSM and receive a tax write-off. With rates starting at $100, sponsoring KKSM is an affordable way to get your business's name out there. Call 760-744-1150, extension 2442, to start advertising with KKSM. What does freedom mean? Tune in to LRN.FM to find out. LRN.FM is the Liberty Radio Network, a collection of live talk radio and podcasts, all coming from a principled pro-liberty perspective. LRN.FM show hosts aren't left, right, or conspiracy kooks. You can tune in 24-7 to LRN.FM via your phone, computer, satellite, and more. Listen free anytime at LRN.FM. That's LRN.FM. Free Talk Radio, your source for independent music, independent talk, from independent minds. Only on KKSM AM 1320, The Radio Revolution, and podcasting on LRN.FM, The Liberty Radio Network, freethoughtmedia.org. Welcome back to the show, guys. Um, if, you're, if you're just tuning in, uh, we are doing a fundraiser for antiwar.com. Uh, live telethon so we do have a pledge number for you to call into um it is 323-512-7095 again 323-512-7095 and uh call in to 
pledge to donate to antiwar.com, help them recover from the war on journalism. And if you want to call in uh, later in the program, uh, we have a call in number 760-736-8375. Um, we'll, we'll talk about some more stuff relating to foreign policy uh, later in the show. Um, but uh, this weekend we were at, all at Libertopia. Um, what, what were some of your guys' favorite highlights? Um, uh, what was it like? And uh, um, talk a little bit about it before we get to the interviews with uh, Ernie Hancock and Davi Barker. Run the antiwar.com table. And that was really fun because uh, Libertopia is one of those libertarian conferences. Well, it's not one of those. It's totally unique. It's different from all the other libertarian conferences. But uh, it's really fun because you get to see uh, people taking the ideas of liberty and applying them in real life. So they're, they're like you, Alex. You uh, you uh, were bringing out a farmer's market onto your free thought radio booth and other people were bringing out uh you know uh, massages there, there were professional masseuses around there there was uh hypnotherapy there was homemade kombucha homemade ciders all you know people bringing out um totally unlicensed but selling their goods or um offering ways to improve your own individual life and and set an example for others so the the event is a lot about just that setting an example so that's why it was really exciting to be there and accepting silver and bitcoin that's right you know uh and and all these great speakers and all these different rooms my favorite was definitely angela keaton though do you want to jump in on that <laughs> oh no i want to i, no I want um <laughs> One of our uh, friends sure here in the, in the booth uh, kind of uh, kind of was one we're talking about. These is really grim, but uh, veteran, you know, the VA study that was came out earlier this year that 22, 22 vets uh, killed themselves each day, seventy percent of which are over fifty. That's really, really, uh, um, wow, dark, grim. And that that information is easy to find at antiwar.com, and that's a value in itself, isn't it, that people have access to that information? Because if antiwar.com wasn't telling the hard truths like that, and, you know, as you said, it is a hard, dark truth, uh, where else would people get that information? That is important for people to understand and, and recognize the effects of empire. I know that organization Iraq Veterans Against the War uh, with Adam Kokesh um, has been in the news somewhat lately because uh, Adam, as uh, many of you may know, has uh, he's the host of the TV show or for, is the host or former host of this point. He's still uh, his show A Adam versus the man uh, got canceled. I don't think he's restarted that yet, but uh, he is a uh, veteran of the war in Iraq who's been very uh, outspoken and uh, courageous in standing up to the man, a.k.a. the government. Um, and uh, I think Iraq Veterans Against the War has been talking about some of this stuff with the veteran suicides and post-traumatic stress disorder. And, uh, you know, I wonder too much how much of it is just, like, kind of coming back and feeling like, you know, you were lied to. This wasn't really uh, doing the great, wonderful service that you were told that it was and uh, kind of just dealing with that whole realization of the truth setting in and then you know you go to the veterans hospitals and they give you crappy government service and uh yeah that's a shame the best way to support veterans is to not create any more yep uh kind of looking at myself in that uh and nick as well we're both uh pretty young and uh, uh of age to um be drafted and and 
you know, that 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 is a serious thought, especially if it's for a war like with Vietnam, where it had no purpose. Um, what do you think those uh, statistics makes of, of our entire foreign policy? Well, first of all, the Vietnam War had a purpose, um, very important one, just as the intervention in Syria has a purpose, which is to send the message that we will expand our power and remake the world in our image as we see fit, right? And, you know, Noam Chomsky has argued that the United States actually won the Vietnam War. And by we, you mean the U.S. government, Some, right? Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, right? You're welcome. Exactly. Um, they won the war. The United States government won the war by sending the message that if you stand in our United States government way, govern, government's way, you will pay a price so high that millions of your people will die. Uh, let me let me just add on that. You know, uh, antiwar.com works 24-7 all the time. You know, go there and you get the, the most updated information again, debunking these myths and destroying the war party's propaganda. And just today, it's it's a holiday. Uh, just today, all new material up there at antiwar.com. These guys are working so hard. One of the uh, great writers featured there is John Glazer. And so just to bounce off of uh, what Professor Russell was saying here, and in the Russellian tradition, I would like to read from antiwar.com on the air here. And uh, just today, John Glazer um, was He's been on the show before. Oh, terrific. Yep. Okay, so a friend of Free Thought Radio, John Glazer, was writing on antiwar.com today that when Lyndon Johnson went to Congress for the Tonkin Gulf Resolution that would start America's most costly quagmire in Vietnam, he promised a, quote, limited and fitting response to North Vietnamese naval attacks, which didn't happen the way he said it did. He repeatedly assured Americans that, quote, we seek no wider war, unquote, in Vietnam. I mean, you could just replace, a, you know, a couple different key words, but really the key meaning stays the same. And it would be a Barack Obama speech for war in Syria. So Barack Obama talks about a limited and fitting war uh, response to Syrian attacks and uh, and he says that he seeks no wider war. Well, uh, this is, uh, as John Glazer says, basically impossible. You know, this is uh, what he refers to as mission creep. And whether Obama is sincere or not, a U.S. bombing campaign is unlikely to be limited. Any U.S. war in Syria, especially if you judge by the administration's incredibly broad draft legislation for force authorization... It will expand beyond what even the most hawkish can imagine. Mission creep is a very powerful force, and Syria is ripe for such a snowball effect. And that's, uh, that's exactly what they want to see. They want to see the complete opposite of all that they tell you these wars are for. So, again, uh, I, I can't say enough, you guys. You've got to help uh, continue this website's presence. This website only exists because people like you and, and all the, the great people in this studio that I get to sit with, we're all like contributing all that we can to keep antiwar.com alive and kicking every single day because we need it as a source against the war party's propaganda. So you can go to antiwar.com slash donate or you can call 323-512-7095 or you can get on the air a little bit later in the show if you call 760 736 Eight three seven five, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm just glad that uh, Professor Thaddeus Russell brought up Vietnam because uh, you know they talked about Iraq being another Vietnam, and and it is just a great parallel to look at how these wars just uh, you know expand. Mm -hmm. 
Definitely. And, and, you know, Iraq like Vietnam, Libya, Mali, Syria now like Vietnam. Um, but do you want to give us an update on what the uh, the donor the donors ship has been so far? How many people have donated? Uh, what are how many people have won the raffle prizes and stuff like that? Oh yeah, well uh, so far if you haven't been listening, there have been uh, a couple callers into the show here. The first one, uh, my man John Jones, he's gonna receive a book in the mail by Nick Terse, "Kill Anything That Moves: The Real American War in Vietnam," and uh, you know. If you donate, if you become a monthly donor on antiwar.com, I'm going to send you a special thank you. My name is Nick Hancock, and I work in the anti-war office. And so uh, I'm there to make sure that you know that we just really appreciate you keeping the, the website up and kicking. And, you know, some people are, are so nice. They tell me, no, don't send me anything. Just Chicken, keep docking an elephant. Yeah, yeah, just uh, just keep that, you know, they'll, they'll tell me to keep the treasure, you know, keep that bumper sticker and don't send me, you know, save the postage, you know, save the postage and keep it for antiwar.com. But I always love thanking people and sending them a little gift. But, um, uh, yeah, so people have been calling in. People have been donating Bitcoin like John Jones did. And uh, if Sweet. you're... yeah. Donating Bitcoin through the show. I like yeah, that. donating Bitcoin. And it's really easy to donate Bitcoins to antiwar.com. There's a link down at the bottom of the page at antiwar.com slash donate. And the short address for you guys is btc.to slash the number eight, the letter A, the number one. So A is an antiwar, right? Uh, btc.to slash 8a1 that's the short address for bitcoin donations we love those and we just love any kind of donations so um, you know you can use your credit card or um, you know actually it's funny maybe I can tell the story later about my beat down car that I donated to uh, antiwar.com but anyway uh, so yeah the donation drive is still ongoing and I forgot to mention all that you donate is going to be doubled. It's doubled. So even if you don't think you have that much, just give what you can afford right now and know that someone else on the other end is going to match it. We've got every single donation that we bring in uh, up until we raise $30,000. It's all going to be matched by someone else. They're going to kick in. And uh, so you, you have uh, someone you know, double thanking your donation. It's, it's a really great time to give. So uh, we really thank you in advance because we know you are going to give. And you can call uh, 323-512-7095, and I'll take your, your money. And uh, then uh, you can also get on the air with Alex here. And if you get on the air and tell everyone that you're donating, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to send you a proper thank you. So his number to call into Alex's show here is 760 I've said it so many times. Eight three seven five. There, I remembered. All right, uh, Nick will take your money, some... but he won't use a gun. It's completely <laughs> no, voluntary. That's why this is better than the government. We had somebody call in already, and they're going to come in on the other end of these interviews. And uh, also got a comment on the page from Andrew uh, saying that he just donated, and he's saying, "How else can he support antiwar.com?" You want to answer that before we go into these interviews? Oh yeah, just share the links, like it on Facebook, retweet anti at antiwar.com at antiwar two. Um, you know, just get the word out and, uh, if, uh, you know, become a monthly donor. If you, if you enjoyed donating this, this month, you'll probably have something next month too. So why don't you just sign up monthly? The other great thing, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. There's daily and weekly. Uh, gosh, maybe Angela has some other ideas. 
I don't know, but uh, yeah, there's just so much to do. But just getting the word out, and uh, yeah, I mean, thank you so much. Everyone wants to do as much as they can because you look at all that we're up against. But just knowing that you're counted among so many people, uh, it it really does mean a lot. So thanks. Awesome. So. Uh, this is from Libertopia of 2013. The videos will be up a lot later. I interviewed a lot more people um, like Charles Johnson of the Alliance of the Libertarian Left, uh, Jeffrey Tucker, uh, MC, and plenty a lot more. So go to freethoughtmedia.org. You click the TV icon. You can sub subscribe on YouTube there. And uh, But here are some snippets of the interviews I've done. I'll play them in full, roll them out later over the coming weeks. It's a weekly show, Mondays 6 to 9. Um, but here's a snippet of what Ernie Hancock was talking about, about self-sufficient farming and uh, aquaponics and, and living off the grid, uh, uh, opting out of the, of the state system. So here is Ernest Hancock uh, here on KKSM. We'll be right back after this. And Davi Barker is after Ernest Hancock. Joining me now is Ernie Hancock. He is the host of Declare Your Independence with Ernie Hancock, as well as the publisher of freedomsphoenix.com. Ernie, welcome to the program. My pleasure. It's good to see you. You having fun here? Oh, yeah, definitely. We're at Libertopia 2013 right here. i got a media set up here. Freedom's Phoenix is right across the way with the uh, model of the Aquadome. Do you want to describe what that's all about in aquaponics in general? You know, I always wanted to do a, a geodesic dome. Since I was young, I just thought it was cool and be easy. And then I saw a new way that they were doing it. They just took uh, electrical conduit, they call it EMT, half inch, you just squish the end, drill a hole, and that becomes the hinge, the hub, because it was always that hinge that was the pain in the butt, you know, a lot of weight, a lot of cost, and so on. Now you got it to where it's just EMT and a connector, like a rod, a pin, or a bolt, and you're done. Then I go, okay, I can do that, so we did it. And we did the Money Dome, and we take them to the festivals, and it's really cool. Gets a lot of attention, and you're hanging stuff from it easy, and you can put tables in the round, and you 360 vend, and they go to these different festivals. But then we wanted to do aquaponics, and we knew how to make these domes, so we made two of them, and they kind of go together with an entryway between them. And we have a fish pond that was like a waterfall feature at my, in my backyard that was just a pain in the butt, you know. So we put fish in it. The fish feed the, the nutrients for the aquaponics system that we have in there, and then it goes back and hits a cycle. Now i got a bunch of green plants for my juicing and fish, and it's working. So we're trying to use that as just an example of how you can like feed yourself because it's important, I think. And over here at the booth that I have here at Libertopia, I have an, uh, kind of an agorist uh, farmer's market. Um, what do you make of the importance of food and, and self-sufficiency and, and then how the government, whether it be the Wicker v. Filburn Commerce Clause expansion thing or just how in general they use laws to oppress maybe on behalf oh, of... Oh, I'll give you a great example. We just found out in Glendale, Arizona, where I live, there is, or Phoenix, in Glendale, what happens is if you want to get a building permit to do remodeling on your home or sell or whatever, you have to totally remove all plants that bear any kind of fruit wow. or food, you know, food, uh, food-bearing plants. And the reason is is because they say, well, it attracts pests and rodents and whatever excuse they can do to where you can't feed yourself. And if you have citrus trees, which a lot of people have in Arizona, the citrus trees, they have to pick all of the unripened fruit. They don't want any ripened fruit on there, you know, pests, rodents, and you're like, right. And where this is all coming from is this 
we rule you national oh, yeah. agenda, whatever the crap, you know, of, uh, we control the food, we control the people kind of thing. So you don't have to be a conspiracist to see that they're actually doing it. So it's, exactly. it's on top of our list. Definitely. And, and how do you think, uh, like, with the way the FDA works uh, with kind of doing things on behalf of Monsanto to do this corporatism that crushes people from being self-sufficient, just, you know, there's nothing that hurts people when it's a victimless thing to growing your own food, but they, there's so much food oppression. Um, how, how do you think this is going to play a part of, you know, like, you, you, invent, you invented the, the Lovolution logo and that whole concept, you know, how, how is self-sufficiency with food uh, going to help smash the state and be a part of that revolution? If I was to look at some way you can totally extract yourself from the system and not pay taxes, you know, stop supporting the system. Exactly. You're constantly needing something. And it's usually, I mean, it's just like, you know, you breathe in and out. Okay, do I got air? I, I got that taken care of. You know, uh, water. I got to drill. Oh, no, no, no. I got to get a permission slip to yeah. drill the well. And if, you, and if you do and you get something, well, you get so much or you don't yeah. get to be able to, you might be able to, you know, you know, have enough water to survive amount but not really plan anything so you can eat amount. I mean, you know, it's always some kind of control like that. Yeah. So when you see that there's a, you don't even have to go further than that, that there's control. Now you, when you are allowed to have like, you know, grass in your front yard to turn that into, you know, like something you can, you know, eat or smoke, yeah. you know, is not allowed. <laughs> and I'm going, who makes, makes these decisions? Why do they make these decisions? It's the mindset behind that making those yeah, decisions. Exactly. So to worry about how they're going to do it or what they're going to justify, there's rodents, you know, or yeah. whatever the hell, <laughs> is really we've kind of gotten past that point. We get it. We know why. Because yeah. you're freaking ranchers, man. You want to control the livestock. You want to shear the sheep, you know, get us in the pen, do whatever. We're there at your, you know, command, you know, kind of crap. That's the attitude. Well, until we... You know, understand that we got to be self-sustaining, you know, and autonomous and feed ourselves, which, you know, like Aquadome kind of stuff. You know, our own energy. Well, we have our own nanotube growing, enhancing nickel, iron, battery making crap because we understand the energy component. of How does energy independence uh, play into that? It's crucial if you want this, uh, the uh, the lifestyle that we've become accustomed to. I have a good friend, okay? I mean, one, one of the activists. We grew up together as activists from our 20s. And he lives totally off grid 10 years. Awesome. And it's just, and, and he's a nuclear power plant, you know, <laughs> core supervisor changer refueling guy, you know? And he's like, you know, I'm totally off the grid. Awesome. You know? He, he lives like next to the plant. He's not afraid of the plant. He's just like, it's the man's plan, you know? <laughs> so it's uh, possible. And now that we can have the lifestyle that we have now with our own water, our own food, our own power, our own standard of co- communication, satellite, television, entertainment, movies, email, websites. I mean, it's just, you know, this standard of living can be done off grid now. It is possible. Exactly. But they don't want it to be possible. (laughs) And it's that philosophy that we're really up against. It's not whether they let us plant a tomato plant or not. It's the mindset and the philosophy that we're livestock to even have any kind of even think that it can be a condition upon growing your own tomato plant. And that was Ernest Hancock, host of Declare Your Independence and publisher of freedomsphoenix.com. I also interviewed uh, Davi Barker of Bitcoin Not Bombs and ShinyBadges.com. 
And, and we're talking right now with Davi Barker of Muslims for Liberty and Bitcoin Not Bombs. Davi, welcome to the, again to the program. How's it going? Pretty good. Um, so discuss um, what you think liberty means and, and why you're here at Libertopia. Well, I'm specifically here as a speaker. Um, I'm talking ahead of uh, a discussion called authoritarian sociopathy. And it was about um, very psychological experiments on authority. I mean, people are familiar with the Stanford Prison Experiment and the Milgram Experiment, but there have been other studies since then on power and compassion, power and deception, and power and hypocrisy, which gave us the results that we might expect. Yeah. Uh, people in power lie more, cheat more, steal more, and don't care how you feel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm also proposing um, another, I'm, I'm proposing a sort of renegade psychological experiment on police brutality to see. Um, how much police brutality uh, the average population is willing to witness before they'll intervene. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason that I think that this is important is because um, even though the state has tanks and guns and cops and buildings and, and there's this machinery of the state, fundamentally speaking, the state as a concept only exists in the mind. And exactly. so if you really want to attack the state, you can't do it with rifles, you can't do it with cameras or with voting. Mm -hmm you can really only do it in the mind. So uh, addressing the psychology of authority and, this, and hopefully the psychology of liberty, that, that there is you know, a psycho class of people who are resistant or disobedient to authority and we can foster that, um, is the key to um, not only establishing liberty in the world, but also making sure that it's sustainable and doesn't sort of fall back into authoritarian modes of social interaction. Exactly, and, and talk a bit about some of the uh, new shiny badges you have available. Um, at your booth over there and, sure. and uh, what you guys are doing as far as uh, Bitcoin awareness. Uh, so shinybadges.com is um, my sort of, uh, my, my, it's my where I am the merchant, right? It's more yeah. sort of my merchandising website. <laughs> and uh, we sell sort of die cut metallic lapel pins um, like this one here. This is the thanks but no tanks pin. And the idea was that we see these sort of politicians and they look very official in their little dapper outfits <laughs> and they wear an American flag pin, right? So I made, the first pin I made was the black and gold um, anarcho-capitalist flag pin. And then because it's a dye, I made black and red, I made black and orange, black and green. I made all the different colored flag pins. So whatever your sort of anarcho-hyphenation is, you can uh, get the appropriate lapel pin. And then we started doing other issues, voluntarist awesome. pins, agorist pins. The thanks but no tanks pin is actually part of a grant fundraiser. A dollar from every sale for those pins goes into a grant fund for anti-police militarization activism. Awesome. Uh, the police badge that we did, the shiny badges don't grant extra rights mm -hmm. badge, is um, a fundraiser for Cop Block. And Cop Block gets $10 off of every badge, every one of those. Those are larger, though. Those aren't lapel pins. Yeah. Um, so as far as Bitcoin outreach, um, well, I also do Bitcoin lapel pins. There's, there's a Bitcoin not bombs lapel pin. There's a Bitcoin lapel pin. They're good for starting conversations with people. But primarily, BitcoinNotBombs.com is uh, my Bitcoin project. And that is a sort of launching pad for organizations that are new to the, the Bitcoin economy. And we like to um, publicize them to like let their current uh, either client base or donor base know why they've decided to adopt Bitcoin. And at the same time, run a fundraising or marketing campaign in the Bitcoin community to say, here's this sort of new member of the community. Here's the service or, or charity that they're providing so that there's this cross-pollination of ideas and we just like fully sort of initiate people into this like thriving new economy as opposed to just putting it on their website and yeah. letting and waiting to see what happens. Exactly. Um when you were on, last on my show, you talked about how Bitcoin was being used to avoid harsh economic sanctions in Iran. 
Uh, what are the status of those, and is there any uh, any talk of like bitcoins uh, being used in like Gaza or the West Bank or any other countries that uh, has those types of problems? So I'm still I'm still searching for this uh, because I know that there's currently a lot of efforts to sort of get money into Syria, right? Like people are are sending money to Turkey and then they sort of walk across the border and it's this whole clandestine effort, yeah. which is very dangerous. Right. And I don't advocate that people do this if they can, uh, if they can, if they uh, they shouldn't do this because they're going to get they're going to get accused of material support for terrorism if the money ends up in the hands of someone the government doesn't like, yeah. right? But if we can find Bitcoin users in Syria or in Turkey or anywhere in that sort of a position, it's very easy to anonymize the transaction. It's very easy to get across borders. You don't have to fly anybody. You don't have to mail anything. It becomes possible to send money as discreetly as possible to the the international um, causes that people support. Um, There's... um, there's a, uh, the, I think it's the Bar Association, I'm not totally sure, but someone in Israel recently declared that Bitcoin was officially a currency, and now lawyers in Israel can officially accept currency, accept Bitcoin as a currency. And I, and I always thought that was, I think that's funny, yeah. right? Because they could before. Yeah. The, the, so there's apparently this like ethical committee for lawyers in Israel that said that it's a real currency. But even though I don't care about the ruling, yeah. what me, what's interesting about that to me is that that means that we're going to start to see more Bitcoin activity in Israel. And if there's more Bitcoin activity in Israel, we're going to start seeing more Bitcoin activity in, in Palestine. Yeah. And, and that means people are going to start trading through the wall without tunnels. Yeah. Right. And so, it, uh, like uh, just broadly, even beyond uh, Israel, Palestine, like when, when people are using Bitcoin to help out people in Iran, they're not just helping them out. They're boycotting the state. That is funding the situation that's creating the situation that makes it hard in Iran. Same with like people in Israel can stop supporting the government uh, by using Bitcoin. Uh, people that oppose their own government, and same in Palestine, they can avoid all the all the situations and trade with other people. Like you said, beyond the wall. What, what's the effect of uh, that double effect of uh, of uh, going, you know, getting across the economic sanctions and boycotting the state that is causing those economic situations? Right. Well, there's this old expression, I mean, I'm sure we've all heard it, it's that um, if goods don't cross borders, soldiers will, yeah. <laughs> right? Well, if it, the thing that I'm excited about Bitcoin is is that if, if soldiers can't cross borders, or I'm sorry, if, if goods can't be prevented from crossing borders, then soldiers can't, yeah. right? So if it becomes impossible for the state to prevent us from trading with who they say are our enemies, mm-hmm. then suddenly it becomes impossible for them to wage these wars. And that was Davi Barker of Muslims for Liberty, Bitcoin, Not Bombs, and um, ShinyBadges.com, of course. And I have my thanks but no tanks badge that I got over the weekend. And uh, certainly if if you live locally in the the cities of Encinitas and Carlsbad, your towns have Bearcats. Can I say something real quick about thanks but no tanks, Alex? Sure. There's a great story behind this. You know, there's a lot of local police departments around the country that have been uh, really becoming increasingly militarized in recent years. And um, some of them have been acquiring military vehicles like, uh, you know, armored cars and tanks and this sort of thing. And uh, there's a town in New Hampshire uh, that tried to do this. Rather interesting town uh, lately by the name of Keene. This is like a real hotbed of libertarian activism. And uh, they found out that the city council in Keene was planning to get one, or maybe it was just the police department, I don't recall, but they were planning to get a tank. 
you know, as if this small town, you know, in New Hampshire really needs uh, big armored vehicles. Like, what the hell are they going to use this stuff for? Is there not, you know, huge, massive government debt in this country that they, they need to be buying this stuff? You know, is it for any other reason than to oppress the populace and take away more of our freedom? So anyway, they had a great uh, campaign uh, under the slogan, uh, thanks, but no tanks. And it really ra- riled up a whole bunch of people in Keene who were outraged over this uh, this plan. And I hope this continues ca- happening across the country because there's other police departments that are buying tanks and drones and all kinds of stuff with the money that they stole from you. You know, they, they took it directly, your income tax, your indirectly through your rent, uh, your, your FICA taxes that you pay for Social Security and Medicare, the money that's taken out of your check and that the employer has to pay for you. Instead of giving you a higher salary, the employer who's giving you that job has to give that money to the government that you could have been earning. So, you know, it's being used to pay for six-figure salaries and drones and tanks and dropping bombs on people. So, uh, you know, this really isn't cool. <laughs> I mean, there's just no other way around it. It's just uh, outrageous and has to stop. Definitely. And for those that were calling in, uh, callers, uh, we're going to take a quick break, give you time to call back in because the interviews are over. It's open. We're, we'll talk about some stories and then uh, we'll bring you on. So uh, you're listening to KKSM, the radio revolution and LRN.FM, the Liberty Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. KKSM. Number one with the frat house and slaughterhouse demographic. The radio revolution. Are you tired of governments murdering people around the world? Stop using their money. There is an alternative. Bitcoin is a stateless, free market, non-political currency. Bitcoin cannot be inflated or controlled by any government. By using their money, you are helping the state. Stop doing it. You have an incredible alternative available now. Learn it. Use it. Spread it. Get started with Bitcoin at WeUseCoins.com. That's WeUseCoins.com. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. What does freedom mean? Tune in to LRN.FM to find out. LRN.FM is the Liberty Radio Network, a collection of live talk radio and podcasts, all coming from a principled pro-liberty perspective. LRN.FM show hosts aren't left, right, or conspiracy kooks. You can tune in 24-7 to LRN.FM via your phone, computer, satellite, and more. Listen free anytime at LRN.FM. That's LRN.FM. Yo, give me something to dance to. KKSM, Oceanside, AM 1320, The Radio Revolution. Welcome back to Free Thought Radio, guys. Freethoughtmedia.org. We are raising funds here for antiwar.com, victims of the war on journalism, and uh, they need uh, to have that damage done by the FBI restored. so, uh, Nick, do you want to give us an update uh, of, of the donors' situation so far? And Angela as well, if you want to jump in on uh, people that have uh, graciously donated. Yeah. Uh, okay, but can I have the number to call in here? Sure, go ahead. What is the number again? Uh, 
Okay. 760-736-8375 is the studio line. The pledge line, if you want to donate, is 323-512-7095. So that's 760-736-8375. All right. Okay. Just we've gotten, we're getting requests on Twitter. Yeah, well, the the donations are coming in, and, and some we can't even quite see yet because those Bitcoin donations even... Uh, have a little awesome. uh, delay sometimes because you know there are different exchanges going on there. Bitcoin uh, donations on live radio, I love it. Yeah, that's pretty cool, right? Have you ever done that before? Had Bitcoin donations live over over the air on nope. your show? All oh, right, well we're making. I, I, I know that Ben Swan got like um, a fifteen thousand dollar Bitcoin donation in one inning. That's that was pretty cool. I'm pretty happy. I just heard. Uh, Earlier today, that I guess Bitcoin's up to one twenty-five or one thirty, one hundred twenty-five dollars, one hundred thirty dollars for Bitcoin. Yeah, those uh, those dollars, man. I mean, we'll we'll take your dollars for sure. But if you have even point uh, one Bitcoin, that's like a lot of money. So uh, throw in some point one Bitcoin for yeah, it. Just a few years ago, when this currency started, this digital currency, uh, I forget. Some guy bought a, a pizza, I think, for like ten thousand Bitcoins or something. Today, ten thousand bitcoins—that would be um, about a million bucks. Yeah, yeah. The, the bitcoins used to be like a nickel, and now they're they're really worth something. And it's funny, uh, you know, the dollar is now just about worth a nickel to where it started. So, uh, how far we've come. So, yeah. Oh, interesting. So I just heard over there, Alex got a caller that's calling that's uh, going to come up here in just a moment. So I'll just say uh, the phone number again while waiting for the caller. So the phone number to be next in line is 760-736-8375. And uh, tweet at, uh, at Nick Propaganda, at Antiwar2, at Antiwarcom, and Antiwar.com slash donate. But Alex, you have a caller now. Yeah, we do have a caller. And uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Introduce yourself. Tell us uh, everything uh, that you uh, think about these wars and why anti-war is important. Good Lord, honey, we'll be here all night. <laughs> it's Jay Buzz Webb. I'm calling from lovely Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Buzz. <laughs> a Buzz is big gay dance party fame. Hey, Buzz. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, I just wanted to call in and, you know, I just want to give a shout out to everybody that works at antiwar.com. I mean, you guys, you guys are my constant inspiration. And uh, it's, it's certainly a, a worthy cause uh, to donate. Um, you've already gotten my lunch money for this month. Um, but, um, yeah, anybody that's listening, I, you know, I, I get up every morning and that's what I eat for breakfast. I get up and check antiwar.com and... Uh, I really do admire and appreciate you guys. We That's love you too, Buzz. Commitment for what you do, and I'm a proud donor. And uh, yeah, um, I'm, you know, a little about me. I'm I'm state chair for Outright Libertarians of New Hampshire, and I'm also a Free State Project participant. And I happen to throw a little party there every every summer at Porkfest. Um, How did that go this year? Um, it was pretty fabulous. Uh, it's pretty off the hook again. <laughs> right absolutely. on. Absolutely. Um, can I bring up a point, though, about, uh, you, you know, we're, you guys were talking about Syria and everything. Can I bring up a point? Oh, go for it. Please do. Um, well, one of, one of the things that I've been seeing uh, in, in just general uh, media and conversation and everything, everybody is taking this, this fight like it's, it, um, between, like it's a fight between the United States and Syria. 
Um, and, you know, it's, it's not a static fight. It's, you know, everybody has this tunnel vision, like it's just between these two entities. But, it, you know, there are much, much larger implications that I don't think are, are getting a lot of coverage um, because, you know, there's been a lot of tension between Saudi Arabia and Russia over this. And then, you know, um, Qatar is involved. And then suddenly, you know, this is going to drag in Israel and it's going to drag in I Iran. And, you know, you've got Jordan and Lebanon and Turkey and all these other countries. And already... The United States has, you know, pretty much accomplished building up so much animosity and resentment with, you know, that entire region with just all the other hot wars and, uh, you know, the, the wars, the bombs, the drones, um, you know, uh, it's, there's already so much uh, animosity built up in this region um, that the, the larger overall implications. I, I want people to not look at it as, as such a, a, a static fight between just the United States and, and Syria. And I think that's a, a point that needs to keep getting made over and over again. There's eight other countries involved, or probably 12 other countries involved that will get dragged into this. You know, if, if I had to, you know, thinking about it, it, it's like if this domino falls, what's going to fall afterwards? What's going to what's what's going to happen? Yeah, you know, in terms of the the United States and Syria not being the combatants here, there's a, a whole other angle too to that, of course, which is it's not really the United States as a whole or Syria as a whole. It's the Assad regime and the uh, you know uh, government in, in Washington, which seems to want to become more and more oppressive and go down the road to becoming more like the Assad regime and others of that ilk. <laughs> Um, you know, the people in both countries, I think, uh, by and large, want peace. You know, they don't have any desire to go to war with each other. But, um, you know, uh, I think it was uh, Goebbels, uh, Hitler's minister of propaganda, said, you know, how fortunate for your governments that people do not think. Exactly. Um, and I, the, the hypocrisy of the United States government is, is so off the charts, I, I think, I'm sure Thaddeus could speak to the historical context of a lot of these things. Um, regional regional destabilization has has been an MO of this government since. Uh, you know, well, I mean, I could go back historically, but it really it really started in in 1953 when the CIA uh, went in and overthrew. You know, they they caused the disturbance which led to the overthrow of Mossadegh. You know, he was a democratically elected leader of Iran. And, uh, well, to be fair, he did steal a bunch of oil, but, it, you know, that's, that's really that's no United different morally than the U.S. government stealing money from, from people here. So the for them to get all, and, all bent and, out of shape about it's a little thing. bit hypocritical, yes. Well, they've right. been, they, they've been stealing no from taxpayers for years. So. Fight, I guess is my point. There's no, there's no good guys in this fight. They, you know, they all have their own separate interests, and they'll, they'll, right. they'll steal and kill each other over these interests. And they'll and do the it in our names with our money. The hypocrisy of that is just so off the charts, because here today the United States government is trying to take some moral high ground over chemical weapons, and, you know, allegedly... Agent Orange, anyone? Who, 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 who did it? I mean, you Depleted know, uranium? Yeah, I know. Uh, Agent Orange, napalm, depleted uranium, white phosphorus, uh, atom bombs. I mean, you know, the, the, the list is long. 
The funniest thing was when George W. Bush said uh, a few years ago, you know, free free nations don't develop weapons of mass destruction. I, I, the thing that struck me in Obama's Saturday speech was he was he said something about 400 and some children were killed. And, and I was just like, really? This guy just said that after all the drone attacks? You know, and it's just like, you know, if, if, if you want to uh, start talking about how dirty someone else's house is, I mean, you might want to clean your own house first. And, you know, pretty much that's... That's all I got to say about it. I um I just don't want people to think of this conflict as like some static um, you know fight between just just Syria and just the United States. There's so many more countries that are going to get dragged into this, and I think that's just an important uh, point to make. But um, I thank you guys for taking my call. And, Absolutely. Uh, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank and you. on a, a thank slightly lighter in. note, this this uh, this sound goes out especially to you, Buzz. What's that? <laughs> I didn't hear you. <laughs> oh, I just took a bite out of a plum, and like the first time I did it off the air, it just sounded so like wet and juicy. I thought this would be great to. He's making love, not war. Oh, <laughs> yeah, something one. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. All right, you guys have a have a great night. Thanks, Thanks Buzz. You too. My call. Awesome. Uh, and again, if you wanna. Call in. The studio line is 760-736-8375. But let's talk a bit about what's going on uh, in, in the realm of foreign policy with headlines. Oh, all right. Back to the headlines. Um, first thing, if you go to the top of antiwar.com, you can read about how, if you were so inclined, you could contact your member of Congress and perhaps, you know, call, fax, uh, whatever one does, right to... Um, your member of Congress and say no war with Syria. All right, in the headlines today, and this is a depressing long day, but uh, here are some of the headlines I didn't see today. FBI increases surveillance of Syrians in the U.S. That's a, a headline on antiwar.com today. And uh, yeah, that's a uh, deep and depressing. Um, NSA targeted French foreign ministry. Egypt want uh, bulldozes homes near Gaza, eyes buffer zones. Kerry, Obama can attack Syria regardless of vote. U.S. sends carrier strike group towards Syria. You can find all these today at antiwar.com. Um, yeah, that's a really upbeat. There's nothing like an upbeat slice of life that we put on there. All right. So um, once again, if you uh, want to do, so, do a donation, we've been very grateful for the donations we've been getting in tonight. 323-512-7095. That's 323-512-7095. Yeah, Kerry, that must be a little strange for him. I mean, this is a guy who's been, like, you know, all over the map on uh, foreign policy from, you know, when he was back in, in Vietnam. I mean, first he was uh, killing people over the Damascus and then, you know, lying about it and getting a, a Purple Heart and then, um, you know, later throwing in his... Uh, his medals over the White House fence is one of the so-called Winter Soldiers. I think it was Winterson. Was that the Winter name Soldiers. of that? Is? Yeah, and um, you know now he's back to being a war hawk again on behalf of the Obama administration, and uh, you know urging ramped up war with Syria and saying it doesn't matter if uh, Congress doesn't vote for it. You know, President, just go ahead and do it anyway. And, you know, never mind the Constitution. And I wanted to say that the FBI story is interesting because the FBI, if you read that story, tacitly endorses the blowback theory. Because what they're saying is that attacks on Syria, intervention in Syria, will cause Syrian people to be anti-American. 
um, and you know be more likely to attack the United States through terrorism. Mm. So the FBI is actually a, a fairly intelligent federal agency as they go. Definitely, uh, uh, that's not speaking uh, too highly, though, kids. I mean, what does it take to be the like intelligent arm of the federal government? <laughs> but no, yes, uh, maybe they are even capable of some uh, insight into blowback. Um, you know, I, I wanted to mention that the the you know getting back on Syria, like the the issue at hand here, uh, because. Because, uh, you know, Angela was asking everyone to call their Congress people. What's really important here is that, you know, not so much that you might believe in your, uh, you know, in, in your, like, yourself being represented as part of the American government or anything, but to call your congressman and let them know that you know more than they do, even if they were sitting on the foreign policy uh, committee in Congress. You know, if you're reading the news from antiwar.com, you are so much more well-informed than your congressperson. And you can just, um, you can just read a, a couple of the, the top stories on antiwar.com. And by going to the shortcut, there would be news.antiwar.com. And the main news writer and editor for antiwar.com is Jason Ditz. And here he's got a headline, The experts say U.S. evidence against Syria extremely weak. Claims of better secret proof continue. So there are all these claims um, that are completely secret and based on nothing. Uh, just think back to yellow cake uranium if you have that memory from Iraq, from the, the run-up to the Iraq war. Well, here, you know, just uh, call that 212 area code number and find your congressman. You can go on to antiwar.com. There's a link right there. If you call your congressman and read to them and let them know that you know that this is based on a lie, that you know um, just, you know, just as much about uh, the precedent and what evidence that, that the government is supporting, the so-called evidence for a war in Syria, uh, Jason Ditz is writing that um, experts say the case that they have laid out is extremely weak. However, much officials have embraced it as flawless and have warned against the U.S. launching a war on such a flimsy pretext. Flawless, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, the only reason the whole allegation hasn't been dismissed out of hand is the administration's repeated claims that they have better secret intelligence that they're just not showing anyone or occasionally are letting the already pro-war congressman get a glimpse of. So it's a lot of uh, hearsay about, you know, who authorized attacks, um, you know, these chemical weapons attacks. But with a congressional vote looming in a little over a week, the administration will continue to float this secret evidence as a way of trying to coax congressmen on board. So, you know, th this is something that the White House is actively selling to your congressman. Uh, I think that um, in this case, and I'm not typically one to tell people to call their congressman either, but um, after you're done calling into this show or calling in and making a donation to antiwar.com, you might want to leave a message for your congressman. Well, you know, the great you know, thing about reading the news on antiwar.com too is that uh, you know, the, I mean, the congressmen themselves—they're they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to pick up the phone. Uh, but uh, you'll talk to their aides, and the aides basically have to sit there and listen to you 
dish about these congressmen and they can't do anything. They have to be nice to you because they know if they start, you know, telling off callers who call in to criticize the congressman, you know, this, this stuff will get out to the media and it'll make them look bad and everything. So they basically got to sit there and take that and, and, and listen to you, uh, you know, uh, give them a good dose of the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, and these are the people that the congressmen hire and surround themselves with. So, you know, I think some of that does permeate through the congressmen, even though you never get to talk to them directly yourselves. And uh, it, it can be very emotionally satisfying, you know, to, to tell them how full of, uh, you know, the the stuff out of the bowl, uh, you know, these, these people are. And, and the, the people working for them just have to sit there and listen to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoy doing that from time to time. I've I've recently contacted Senator Feinstein's office over the S nine eighty seven definition of journalism bill, and uh, we're actually moving. I've had multiple calls with the with the person from the office, so it's 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 moving forward. Some I I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it how it ends her, up, but her, it's worth her it. Her position, am I right, is that only uh, reporters who are who make a salary, right, mm-hmm. uh, should have their freedom of speech protected. Right? Yep, that, that excludes me. Right. Well, that's a, that's a good way to protect the establishment. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you want to tell people uh, how they can exactly go online, find out who their congressperson is, and, and contact them, send them a letter, give them a phone call, do multiple angles at it? Well, go to antiwar.com. The link is right there, you guys. It's right there for you to contact your congressman if you don't know how. So uh, it's quite a... Quite a civic service that antiwar.com is providing uh, right now. So I imagine it will be up there uh, until a decision is made. So, you know, Obama wants a debate. Let's give it to him. Go to antiwar.com and uh, find your congressman right there. And while you're there, I believe you can probably donate online, too, if you don't want to call in. Uh, rather use the, the plastic. Um, there's probably a link on that page to, to do that. And... Um, you know, it's nice to stick it to the man once in a while, like I was saying. Definitely. Um, do you guys have any other topics you guys want to talk about? Uh, it's free form, you know, uh, no boundaries as long as there's no curse words. <laughs> well, I just find it really interesting. I'd like to know other people's thoughts on just why this has been presented to the Congress. Because as we said at the beginning of the show, a lot of us, I suspect all of us, were expecting a war with Syria to happen this weekend. So I was wondering if anyone had any theories as to why Barack Obama backtracked on this. Um, you know, he talks about a limited attack, a, a small attack that won't expand the war, just like they were talking about in Iraq. So why didn't Barack Obama just bomb Syria without going to Congress? What do you guys think changed the um, the whole, you know, drive to war strategy? I, I can't quite put my finger on it well i mean i think it started with the brits you know getting in the way of his project here and um i think also the poll numbers were so stark um there was so little support and so much opposition for it i think that he realized finally this he had pushed his left base too far i think it was one war too many finally and i think that he had to accede to that and i think that's why he he sort of <laughs> gave lip service although if you you know if you listen to his speech I, I couldn't believe what i was hearing i mean he said I will bomb Syria, but I will also ask for congressional approval. So what exactly, <laughs> what exactly are we saying there? I mean, it was an amazing act of doublespeak. This is a president, yeah, who's, really is this is a president who's actually become famous for doublespeak, but this was him at his finest or worst. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I must say, though, that I, I actually 
this is the ironic thing is that I, I think that um, you know the Assad regime did use chemical weapons um, to give John Kerry his due. I, I heard him give a speech on the radio the other day about this, and he laid out the evidence pretty strongly. I have no idea what secret evidence they're talking about. I mean, that's a lot of crap. And I think it's just the government's usual obsession with secrecy and uh, wanting to keep information from the public. Um, but, you know, if the regime used chemical weapons, I mean, is it that bad uh, compared to what they've already been doing in slaughtering people uh, for years? I mean, it's basically just kind of crossing Obama's little line in the sand. And now he feels he has to be a big tough guy and respond because he said, oh, if they... Use chemical weapons. That's a game changer. And so, gosh, you know, it's, it was agreed way back in World War One. You know, as Kerry was saying, that the nations of the world decided that we can't allow these kind of weapons to be used. And then, of course, you know, many decades after that, the, uh, the United States using chemical uh, Agent Orange chemical weapons in Vietnam. And so there's the, a good reason the United States has opposed chemical weapons, and that is chemical weapons are known as the poor man's atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. Again, the United States and NATO wants a monopoly on violence worldwide. If you grant, if you grant poor nations that kind of power of mass destruction, you lose that monopoly on violence. Obviously, chemical weapons do nothing worse than what the United States has done to millions of people with other forms of warfare, and including atomic bombs. But the fact that, uh, that chemical weapons gives poor nations that sort of uh, extra advantage is why we oppose it. It has nothing to do with humanitarianism why the U.S. government opposes it, of course. <laughs> I, I mean, I oppose chemical weapons uh, for quite different reasons. Um, I, I think they are horrible weapons. I don't think anybody should be using them. I don't think anyone should be using or keeping nuclear weapons either, but I, I just can't stand the hypocrisy of you know, the U.S. government getting, uh, you know, so, so worked up over this uh, as if what, you know, has already been happening and what they've been doing have not been, uh, you know, morally equivalent. In you know, it's, of it's sort of it sort of reminds me of Abu Ghraib. You know, remember the whole, the hysteria around Abu Ghraib is sort of like, well, you know, bombing people uh, into submission or into death in their villages, you know, shooting at them from helicopters to killing children is one thing, but we can't put hoods on them. Right. We can't we can't humiliate them in public. That's going too far. I mean, it's sort of like what what where is the line here? Why are we why are we even drawing it? Oh, they were drawing it because the images of um, people being humiliated like that was causing widespread outrage and fury, uh, you know, in the Middle East, uh, Arab Americans and and other people. Well, there was already about basically there was already fury in the Middle East about about the war. Oh, but that's fury among Americans seeing those images. You know, I mean, you know, some. Muslim prisoner in um, an Iraqi jail being ordered around on his hands and knees by a woman with a dog or this kind of thing. I mean, it's just, um, you know, incredibly degrading stuff, uh, you know, especially for a culture which, you know, this is not anything to brag about about the culture, but Muslim culture, I think a lot of it is incredibly misogynist and very backwards in relations to women, but it is kind of rubbing their face in it, you know, to have a, you know, a, a, a woman you know, the soldier administering this, um, uh, you know, extrajudicial punishment uh, to prisoners. It just made it that much more of a, an insult, uh, the kind of thing that, you know, is likely to produce blowback. And, you know, I think the U.S. government uh, was at least, they had the uh, smarts to recognize that much, that this is not going to be good for us in terms of the publicity and the effect this is going to have on world opinion. So that's why they wanted the information stifled i think in that particular case and didn't want to show those uh, images and certainly we we went to war in in iraq with congressional approval but it it was still a war based on lies and it was fairly unjust um 
So, I mean, even if he were to, uh, I was interviewing Davi Barker about this, and he, he told me, you know, even if he were to get congressional approval, does, does it make it a just war? Does it make it smart? Um, should we have been in, intervening in the first place with all those covert ops that have been leading up to this to create this situation where we have to intervene to something that they created uh, through these uh, covert operations? Right. Congress voted for the Iraq War. Mm -hmm. Disaster. Definitely. Uh, so Although they didn't have ahead. the guts to actually declare war. They haven't declared a war since yep. World War II. Good point. Um, so we're we're about out of time on the on this uh, radio show. Uh, we'll close out with a, f a few final words uh, from our guests. For those just joining, I've been speaking with antiwar.com contributors Angela Keaton and Nick Hancock, as well as Starchild, libertarian activist, and. Uh, Occidental College professor Thaddeus Russell, author of The Renegade History of the United States. Uh, Angela, Nick, do you want to give us like an update on, on the donation drive and how people can get in those last-minute donations? Well, you can always go to antiwar.com slash donate, but we're really, really pleased. We got uh, some online donations during this uh, telethon, and it was very, very exciting, and some people uh, called in, and we're just really grateful, so thank you. Awesome. Thank you guys for what you do. Uh, Nick, do you have any uh, updates on the fundraiser? Oh no, same same as Angela just reported, and uh, the, you know the word is still getting out, so it carries on after this uh, terrific telethon. So, all thanks to you, Alex, because without you, none of this would have been possible. So, thank you for having us on the show. No problem, and uh, yeah, it'll, uh, podcasting and uh, and uh, the video of this as well will be up on YouTube. So Long check it out, Free Thought Radio. Yeah. Thaddeus, do you have, any, you have any final words that you would like to get across? Yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know, it, I have no patience for libertarians saying that they won't coalesce with uh, lefties because of their differences over economics, and I have no patience with lefties saying the same thing about libertarians. I mean, when it comes right down to it, you know, I mean, economics is extremely important. There's no question about it. But what we're talking about here is bombs killing people, steel cutting through flesh and killing people, including children, Right. Uh, with your name on it, those bombs have your name on it, paid for with your money. Um, it, it comes down to that. I mean, it's time to put aside differences or have just have principled discussions about differences over economics, right? Mm -hmm. But go into the streets together, stand together on this issue that is the most important issue of all. That makes a lot of sense. Star Charlie, you have anything you want to say? Um, well, you know, um, I think bringing down the, the two-party cartel is a big part of that. Um, if you're going to vote, uh, please vote Libertarian. Check out the Libertarian Party. It's the third largest uh, party in this country and um, the only one that really stands for freedom on both sides of the spectrum, the civil liberties and the economic freedom. And uh, you can visit them online at lp.org. And, um, yeah, don't forget to uh, make those phone calls to your congressman. Definitely. You can also email them. <laughs> All right. Well, I've been uh, joined here by antiwar.com contributors Angela Keaton, Nick Hancock, as well as Starchild and Occidental College professor Thaddeus Russell. We've been raising money here for antiwar.com uh, and hope you can tune in to the podcast uh, on iTunes. Search for Free Thought and look for Free Thought AAC and then on lrn.fm's weekly podcast loop. We're going to play one song that I got from these cool people that were selling candles at Libertopia. Music right on. Yeah. These guys are called The End of Science, and this song is called Doomsday, 
And again, you're listening to KKSM AM 1320, The Radio Revolution, and LRN.FM, The Liberty Radio Network. Go to freethoughtmedia.org. We will see you guys uh, next week. Sunday for things to turn around Shouted to heaven, not 
sure that they heard a sound. Voices said, it's just beginning. There's light out there. Not knowing Wednesday was doomsday. We marched against wars and poisoning of the earth. We sent out Facebooks and tweeted about her birth. We prayed all day Sunday for things to turn around. Oblivious of Wednesday